Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Friday afternoon. It's the fast lane. It's Danny Mac. It's Jay Delsing. It's You're Randy not Gar- Anthony. I am not. Wow. I am, but it's like old school now. It's unbelievable. Did I've, you used to open up the show by saying, let's get nasty? I never did. Not okay. once. Just Anthony. That's no. his signature call. That's his signature call. old school? You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jay, uh, Jay, Jay is here. Jay Delsing is here. Jamie Rivers is out today. He was scheduled to be out. And then Anthony Salter allegedly got into a car accident on the way here so but he's no, okay what hole is yeah. anthony on what's that now what hole is he on <laughs> yeah, yeah no kidding I mean, he had an go. accident we're I mean, on his way to a lake okay. house or something yeah. but whatever he's okay he's okay allegedly no he really was so he's uh getting that taken care of and so jay and dan are here randy is with you for the first half hour so. i'm danny mack by the way danny mack yeah, yeah. uh good and to so see you great great seeing you guys and uh it's a holiday weekend. If you're driving to the lake right now, just be careful because you never know when the you car that got Anthony Stalter. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. So hey, let's just clarify this, though. Anthony had a, a fender bender, but he's okay. He's good. He's yeah. Everything's fine. He was yeah. on his way into no uh, 101 ESPN, had the fender bender, and is handling some of that business. So we understand that. And we... Well, Jay and I just played some. I played really bad golf. I Jay, sucked. Jay did not suck. Awful. Jay played well, and no. Jay and I have been talking about like, hey, let's we do the the golf with Jay Delsing show. I know that's very popular on Sunday mornings, <laughs> eight to ten. And we were saying, Randy, well, you know what? We need somebody to pinch hit. I said, I got the guy right now. And they said, well, they even brought up the name up. They said, bring in Jay Delsing. And I said, well, this is the perfect time to do it. Randy doesn't live that far away from the radio station. We couldn't get a hold of Jay initially. I sent him a frantic text and then he said, I'm here. Randy shows up and now we got a potpourri of people. I'm here in the middle of two stud legends. This is great. Let's go. Speaking of legends, the uh, legends will be here. I guess it uh, all gets going Monday or Tuesday with the Ascension Charity Classic, right? It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. We've been talking the Ascension Charity Classic. It's hard to believe that it's actually the week, uh, guys, that it's here, but we're going to have the best uh, guys over 50 playing at Norwood Hills. The the corporate support with the Ascension Charity Classic has been off the charts, and the golf course is perfect. It's it's uh, it's going to be fun. I think the, hopefully the weather holds and uh, we're, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. By the way, it's not just golf for the next four hours. We're going to get into everything from Mizzou uh, to the Cardinals, obviously opening up uh, a series with Pittsburgh tonight. Matt Holiday will join us at 2.30. So, Randy, we're going to go and hit them hard. All kinds oh, of things. Hard-hitting radio. Hard-hitting radio. <laughs> uh, and as the uh, 314 said, Potpourri Lane is what we're calling this. Mm-hmm. It's not the fast lane right now. It's Potpourri. It's totally Potpourri Lane. Yeah. No fast lane regulars here today. Aren't you tired, Randy? I'm not. No. It's, uh, I get, I'll get tired later, but I'm fine right now. Uh, 
Cardinals do open up a series with the Pirates. They trail the Pirates by three in the National League Central. And so the Cardinals need to sweep the series over the weekend to be tied with Pittsburgh. Oh, that doesn't even make sense, no, Randy. No. When you say that, I'm like, what What planet have we moved to? It's amazing to me. And we mentioned this this morning on the opening drive. You know, the Brewers, Reds, Cubs, and Pirates, not in that order, are 2, 3, 4, and 5 in terms of rankings for minor league systems. The Cardinals are ranked 22nd. Now, the Cardinals have brought up a lot of their kids, but... You have to believe that those four teams are going to get better, and you hope that the gap doesn't widen between those teams and the Cardinals. But there's a reason those guys are so, have such good farm systems. They've been high. picking so well. Yeah. They've been playing so lousy for so many years. You know, I mean, this is just – we're not accustomed to this here, and it's it's a tough look. It's really tough to watch the fundamentals be so bad. It's just – it's just it's hard to watch this, this, this brand that we've kind of run out there this year. But – like I tell everybody, we just Danny and I just played golf, and we've been playing. Both of us have been playing pretty well, and you just get days and times and stretches where no matter what you do, it doesn't work. Yeah, it just uh, it doesn't work. And 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 when you're watching bad sports, it just it's it's tough. The players look as if they're not, you know, necessarily trying, and it couldn't be further from the truth. It's just that. Sometimes it just doesn't go your way. This is going to be tough uh, final month, too. The strength of schedule is the second hardest remaining in the National League. And uh, that doesn't bode well right now for the Cardinals. And you were talking about young players. The last time the Cardinals had multiple players, 23 or younger, that got 350 or more plate appearances in a season was all the way back in 1999. Wow. So we're talking about a, a team that primarily has relied on veterans, sprinkled in youth, but when you look at what's happened this year with the St. Louis Cardinals and Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker getting the, the primary at-bats from the younger players, now you're sprinkling in win. I still consider Tommy Edmond a young player. I still consider others young players on this team. That, to me, was part of the problem this year is that you did have the cornerstone guys. You had Nolan Arenado. You had Paul Goldschmidt. And then after that, you had the issue with Contreras buying the plate to begin the season. That was not by design, obviously. That's not the player that they thought they were getting, and then they made the adjustments, and it looks like he's made those adjustments along the way. You had Paul DeYoung, who had veteran status, but then you had some of these young guys that you were counting on, and the other part of this, too, is that the injuries force them to play players out of position, and I don't think that has gotten enough attention to what this is transpired this year when you have Brendan Donovan playing the outfield you got Jordan Walker learning right field it hasn't been pretty at times Nolan Gorman is serviceable at second base you got Tommy Edmond playing the outfield he's an infielder he should be playing infield I think he's very good in the outfield Mm -hmm. but if you're going to be a championship team you put players in the best positions for them to succeed and when you look at what happened this year there were times that some of these young guys Randy were just I thought thrust in position that didn't allow them to succeed. And this is going to be a baseball problem for the foreseeable future because there are fewer minor leaguers now, there are fewer minor league teams, and not as much time spent at the minor league level. Jordan Walker was a first-round draft choice in 2020, didn't play at all because we had the pandemic. So he gets 21 and 22. He'd played something like 50 games in the outfield before he arrives on the scene here in St. Louis. Gorman had a little bit more time in the minor leagues, but still, at the age of 22, when he came up, he didn't have... But he transitioned to second. And right, from third. So a dramatic lack of experience, too. And a lot of players, not just the Cardinals, but if you watch a lot of baseball, as Cardinal fans have a tendency to do, you'll see that, Jay, you mentioned fundamentals for the Cardinals. Fundamentals have deteriorated throughout baseball. 
No, there's no question. I mean, you don't see you don't see the small ball at all anymore. It's about strikeouts and home runs. And you know, Brandon Donovan is a young guy. He's he's older in age, but this is only his what second year second in the bigs, year. I think, right? Yeah, Brandon Donovan yeah. for sure. And and the small ball was interesting the other night where they laid out a bunt and wound up winning a game. I'm just saying, man. A it's just strike bun too, Danny. Yeah. It, it's obsolete though in the game. And as much as I would love to sit there and say I want to see. First of all, I don't understand why they don't bunt more in extra innings. It drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is I know that guys cannot bunt. They just can't do it. It, And people say, well, how do you not get a bunt down? Well, it's 98 with sink running in on you and all that stuff. It's just a different game. They don't play for a bunt and play for small ball. It's just not how the game is played. You're played to, now the game is played to hit a home run, to hit it in the gaps, and to hit for power. And strikeouts are accepted. And that's just the way the game is played. The Atlanta Braves are a great example. Atlanta Braves knocked the ball all over the ballpark. They had a ton of home runs. They're supremely talented. They have good pitching, but that is the model right now when you look at Major League Baseball. How about Acuna Jr.? 60 steals, 30. 30 he's the MVP. Wow. Yeah, he's got to be the MVP in my mind. And he's the only guy in MLB that I know that got taken down by two spectators the other day. <laughs> How about that? that? How that was that? in Colorado, How I think. How the hell does that happen? How like, scary, though, would that be? Oh, man. I, I don't know if you saw this, Jay, the other day. I say the other day. It's probably been within the last month, month and a half. Rory McIlroy is at his bag, and a spectator comes up and just kind of observes the bag. He's from me to you, and you're sitting right next to me. And then grabs a club out of his bag and walks off. And then Rory yeah. is with whoever it was, kind of looking at the guy and security going, wait a minute, is this a tour official? What, what's going on here? Can you imagine that, though? Can you imagine that at the Ascension? Well, what's crazy, you guys, is when you think about professional golf, there's not even barriers. It's a rope line. Yeah, I right. mean, it's it's crazy. No one's going to come and try to get at me. But, I mean, you think about Tiger Woods. And there's a story from the AT&T when Kevin Costner was playing with Tiger Woods out at the AT&T. And Kevin was working the crowd a little bit. And working the crowd. And there were some young ladies that he was kind of talking to. And, and before you knew it, he had a couple of these, these folks uh, inside the rope. And all of a sudden, our tour official comes up and says, hey, hey, Kevin, can you come over here for a minute? And, I mean, can you imagine how, people, how many people were around Tiger Woods on the 16th old Pebble Oh, my Beach? God. I mean, thronged of people. And he says, Kevin, let me, I just need to explain this to you. We got a championship going on here. In three more holes, we're going to crown a champion. He's going to win this trophy. We're giving away over a million bucks. The only thing between these players and the people are these ropes. And if they start disrespecting the ropes, we got a massive problem. And Kevin Costner kind of started pouting and said, well, maybe I should just walk on in. And our tour official patted the seat next to me and goes, you can ride in with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it's so. funny. There, there are parallels right now with golf and with baseball, in my opinion, and it's power. You know, Tiger came on and he smashes it as hard and as far as he can. That's how the game is played. And when we were talking about prospects before, when you look at prospects at baseball, and Randy, I'm not sure that guys, when they get to the major league level, not all, this is a blanket statement, not all, but they don't know how to play the game. So when you're signed as a young kid, you're going to a showcase, and they're not looking, okay, who's got the best sacrifice bunt? No, no, no. They're looking at how fast you are, how hard you throw, and how far you hit the ball. And so when you're being showcased, and that's how you get drafted in a lot of ways, that's what is being shown by the player not is does the player know where to go with the cut does he know where to go to back up does he understand to hit behind a runner those things are obsolete anymore in the game and you guys should ask matt holiday about this at the bottom of the hour because he's great about it but 
go back to when kids are five and six, and it's the individual teaching. It's, well, I'm going to go in for baseball practice working one-on-one with somebody, and we're going to talk about launch angle and exit velo, okay? We aren't doing anything about winning baseball games. Then I get to the showcases, and it's all about launch angle, exit velo, how hard you throw. Matt will tell a story about how a pitcher fielded a ball, or no, a third baseman fielded a ball, threw it 20 feet over a first baseman's head, but it was 105 miles an hour, and that's what they judged him on. <laughs> Trevor Rosenthal got signed as a shortstop yeah, when they watched him go. go deep in a hole, and he fired it. And the Cardinals, by design, had a scout that was watching, and they were like, yep. please be quiet about what you're looking at with him. Yeah. And they, they basically covered it by saying they were looking at a different player. Right knowing all well that they were going to take Rosenthal moving to the mound. So baseball has been the quintessential sport where you are an individual playing an individual game within the concept of a team. Well, now the concept of team has gone by the boards. There isn't any more of that. Uh, Alec Burleson does a really good job, by the way. Hit the ball to the right side to move a runner over. There are some guys that do it. But in terms of sacrificing and giving yourself up for the betterment of the team, Extra innings, perfect example, Dan. It drives me crazy. Yeah, guys. Yeah, and I know the numbers, what they are. I know that guys can't do it. It still drives me crazy. A free runner at second base yes. with nobody out. What I mean, the, the, the whole goal, and I was taught as a kid, runner on third, less than one out. It's 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 a you're it's an almost guaranteed. It's almost automatic, guys. One of the things to to fortify your point, Danny, about baseball and golf is that. These these uh, track man, uh, these GC quad pros, all of this stuff is about launch angle, spin rates, and now even Rob Soto, our local St. Louis company, is doing that. Where all these kids travel on the PGA Tour, travel with a twenty-five thousand dollar computer that's a track man, and when they swing, they don't watch the ball; they look at the computer yeah. screen. And I said, I can watch the ball. I can tell you, I don't need a computer screen. Yeah, just do that. Just keep doing what we just saw. What if you can't see anymore? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and my hearing's going, too. How about that? Coming up, Mizzou won their opener last night over South Dakota. Wasn't as dramatic a victory as we thought it would be. Our Lindenwood Lions, Danny, Randy. Yes, sir. 77-9. Uh, 77 on the board. Yeah. Who, who'd they play? What they high school? They played Wisconsin Stevens. Oh. No, it was a school. It was Wisconsin <laughs> Stevens Point. Really? Yeah, we smoked them. And they put up 77. What was the crowd like? It was amazing. Big crowd at Lindenwood for That's their great. opener. Yeah, and now they're going to have uh, some time away before they come back home, but it's a it's a great atmosphere. And it was a great atmosphere at Mizzou, too. Eli Drinkwitz kind of disingenuous after the game. We're going to talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I haven't seen a book on how to handle it. You know, Steve Spurrier went every other play. Lane Kiffin last year went every other half. Harbaugh went, you know, every other game. So there's no there's no books on it. So we'll do what we, we feel like is our plan, and we'll make it work. I do have a chip on my shoulder. I think I'm going to have it the whole season. Uh, and I think the whole team does. Um, I have a lot to prove. We have a lot to prove. So I think that, that all ties in together. At the end of the day, Brady just wants us to win. And if he can help us do that by playing, man, he's going to be excited. Eli Drinkwitz, Brady Cook, talking about the quarterback situation last night in Mizzou's 35-10 opening game win against the South Dakota Coyotes. Cook was 17 of 21 for 172 and a touchdown. Horn, 3 of 5 for 54 yards and a touchdown. And I, I get that Eli Drinkwitz is working on Saturday afternoons. He's got football to coach. I don't know when he was watching Jim Harbaugh play a quarterback every other game because I have not seen that at no, Michigan. I, I don't like it either. 
The uh, two so quarterbacks. I don't still, like the whole idea. Here's, here's, here's what Harbaugh did. Harbaugh had two quarterbacks last year. He played. He, he knew he had one really good one, J.J. McCarthy, and he played both of them in the first game. And then after that. McCarthy took over, and he was right. the guy. He didn't play guys every other game. Come on, Eli. And don't you think that'll happen with Brady Cook? I think that ultimately, from a physical standpoint, Sam Horn is better than Brady Cook. And I think we better find out that what, what Sam Horn can do in a game. Yeah, there's no question. I think from a player's perspective, guys, I think it's tough. I think people would much rather have uh, know who the leader on that team is. I think there's familiarity with one guy. So if I'm Luther Burden, I know how I'm receiving the ball. And let's just call this the Luther Burden offense. They put him in the slot. They put yep. him out wide. They put him in the backfield. They're throwing pitches to him. They're trying every possible way to get him the football. I agree with that. Let's get I it in too. his hands. He's a playmaker. He's why you brought him to Mizzou. I'd have to have a private conversation with him. It doesn't need to be out to the public. doesn't need to be with other teammates. doesn't need to be to his QBs. And if I'm Eli and I'm saying to him, look, I'm the coach. Ultimately, I'm going to make the final decision. I am very curious, though, who are you most comfortable with and why? Tell me why. It's a great idea. I mean, he the idea is to get the ball in his hands, period. It's If anybody watched the game last night for the first five or ten minutes, they aligned him all over the place mm-hmm. on the field, trying to expose weaknesses with the defense. So I'm going to my guy – And I've got my own – I'm the coach. I've got my own personal opinion. And I'm seeing strengths and weaknesses with both guys. But I am going to get input from him and say, who do you like? And tell me why. Now, Brady Cook is a really good young man, smart young man. As a matter of fact, Eli said that when his daughters turn 18, that he wouldn't mind if his daughters would date a guy like Brady Cook. And Cook, for his part – remember how Kurt Warner, the first guy that Kurt Warner called after Kurt Warner got benched, or the first guy that called Mark Bulger was Kurt Warner – and here's Brady Cook talking about the pride that comes with mentoring a youngster like Horn. I'm a captain, so uh, the team comes first over anything first, um, especially with something like this. Um, and second, I mean, that's my brother right there. Um, you know, he's a quarterback. Uh, we're in the same room every day, uh, you know, trying to trying to do the same thing, you know, working on the same goal, playing the same position. So I'm going to help him the best I can. You know, it doesn't hurt me to help him out at all, you know. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to handle it. He's saying all the right things, guys. I mean, he's saying all the right things. But ultimately, you know how this works. It's about performance. And, Danny, to your point about how does this unit work best? Who is going to step up and be that leader? And, man, I mean, how do you not run the offense around number one? I mean, when you see – I mean, I can promise you this, guys. The 11 on the other side of the field didn't want anything to do with number one last night. Number three. You're talking about number three. I mean, number three. Sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and, and if you're the opposition, you're game planning defensively. You're, you're you're sending someone to eyeball him wherever he goes on the field. Yeah, and, right. and that's just what you do. Um, but I, again, I, I go back to him and I say, why why do you like him so much? Is he does he deliver it better in stride? Does he throw a softer or a harder ball? Whatever you like. Um, do you feel that in the huddle he has better command? You know, whatever. I don't care. But I want to know for my my guy convince me i would sit him down and say just like convince me why this guy a or this guy b is better for you now and that's going to be a big notch in the old checkbox of why i go with particular players i'm with you i agree with you daniel but i don't think based on what eli drinkwitz said that he's thinking that way no doesn't sounds like i love the young man but i'm not going to let any of y'all decide i'm not going to let public perception decide we'll make a decision within these walls 
and we'll go with it. But I'll be honest, none of y'all's opinions matter at all. So write them what you want, say what you want. It don't matter. Nobody cares. In this locker room, nobody cares. They don't. They're, they're, we're going to prove it on the field, so nobody cares. So you can write your opinion if you want to. I'm almost going to go Nick Saban. I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking, but I'm not. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, I, I agree with him. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the point I made earlier is that I may get to the point where I sit down with Luther Burden and I say, look, we're going to do this, and no one in this locker room knows that we're doing it, maybe not even the offensive coordinator. I just want to know, I recruited you, son. We are very close. Uh, I've gotten you to stay here. Um, we've done everything we can NIL-wise to, to accommodate you. I, my, my point is I really respect you, but I know that your opinion, and I want your opinion, and I know it matters to me. So what is it? That's important to me. One thing concerns me about Sam Horn if he doesn't get an opportunity. He was the 70th-ranked player in America when Mizzou recruited him, number, the number five quarterback in the whole country. If he never sees the field at the University of Missouri, what's that going to do for future quarterbacks that are recruited or for future big-time four- or five-star players that are recruited to Mizzou if he doesn't get an opportunity to play? Does uh, another guy? I think, think those guys come in, Randy, and they say, I, I don't care who's in there. You can put Joe Montana in his prime. I'm going to beat him. I totally agree. I think the That's player is going to say, look, it doesn't matter. Look, he lost out to this competition, and, and um, what happened with him doesn't make a damn bit of difference for me. I can come in and beat it. I, I can lead this team. I think that's how these guys get to be five-star players is that their mindset is, I'm the best in the country. I don't care who's in that position. I'm going to beat him out. And yeah. you know the coaches are, are building him up that way too. Hey, it's you go in there and play. We're going to play you. Well, yeah, Cook is a perfect example of that. By the way, we should note that Cody Schrader had 138 yards on the ground, 18 carries last night, the St. Louis area product, who is one of the great stories, transferred from Truman State. And now now here he is as one of the best running backs in the SEC. Randy, I'm reunited with you, and it feels so good. I just want to say that. Are you going to stick around? We'll stick around for a while, sure. I mean, I I don't know if you want to stick around, but this is fun. we got Jay Delsing here. we got you. Yeah, we're, we're I'll going get you school. guys water or you guys no, want No, we want you chiming in anytime yeah, you want. Rub your shoes. Yeah. What do you need? I got to tell everybody something here, too. It does pertain to um, my man over here, Jay Delsing. The Fast Lane has your chance to win a pair of tickets for the St. Louis Blues Night at the Cardinals game on Friday, September 15th. Fans receive a Cardinals and Blues-inspired quarter-zip windbreaker, courtesy of Bally Sports Midwest. Text in to win, 314-399-9646. And the question is, uh, Jay's dad pinch ran for a famous name in baseball. Who is that name? And it happened. I actually have the date because he probably pinch ran more than one time. So it was August 19th of 1951 for the St. Louis Browns and Jay's father. Uh, Jim Delsing pinch ran for this particular player back on 19 uh, August 19th of 1951. Babe Ruth. No, it wasn't, but Babe Ruth did show up at the old Brown Stadium at uh, Sportsman's Park back in the day. Not Babe Ruth, though. We did a fun little thing, Danny, a couple weeks ago with Ed Wheatley and a little Browns reunion that you emceed. uh, Had Rick Dempsey up there, and Bob Costas was in the house, and uh, it was was really fun, wasn't it? It was fun, and and it was the, I think, the day or Maybe was it the anniversary day of, I can't say it, of yeah, this particular yeah. <laughs> famous event in baseball? Because then I give away the answer. But um, Lou Gehrig. No. Dang. Randy, you have to know this one. 
You oh, do know it, right? It like it's he's wearing. Yeah, he does. I mean, you do know, right? He's Megamite. Yeah, I can do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty I'm, easy. I'm for not going to give it away. Danny, how many bad boys? How many former Randy? This we is like crazy. three or four or five bad boys in the audience that are like 70 years old now. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 guy, a guy came up to me and had a picture of my dad on the on deck circle with him, like his parents took a Polaroid of him as the bat boy sitting on the on-deck circle with my dad in a brown uniform. That's amazing. Yeah, That's great. I, it was, it was kind of crazy. Some of the, you should have seen some of the uniforms we saw, Randy. It was pretty unusual. One of the uh, unique pictures I have of memorabilia is a young Mr. DeWitt Jr., Bill DeWitt Jr., standing next to, in a brown uniform, Babe Ruth. So Babe That's Ruth awesome. came through. He, he's in a suit and um, he had made a promise for, like, the Boy Scouts or something to make an appearance. And there's Mr. DeWitt as the bat boy for the Browns standing so cool. next to Babe Ruth. It's and on unbelievable. This tri- on this trivia question, Bill DeWitt Jr., the current owner of the Cardinals, is on the field while this thing Correct. happens. Well, we'll, right. we'll get an answer to this. What do we have to do? We need to text in? Is that all? We need to text in? Let's uh, Text in. Okay. Uh, 314-399-9646. 314-399. Yo-ho! That's a, that's a morning thing we got going. Uh, and it'll be uh, texter. You want to give us a texter? I don't do yo-ho. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Matt Holiday. speaking of Ruthian, uh, Matt Holiday joins us next on the Fast Lane. I, I almost <laughs> said the right. Get it right. Get it right. Hey, we're close. On 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I will never forget when we started the station. It was January 1st of 09, and in that first summer that we were on the air, it was Bob Ramsey, DeMarco Farr, and I, and the Cardinals traded for Matt Holiday. And Matt had a great career here in St. Louis when to the Yankees, went back to Colorado. Now he's been retired. His son has been a first overall pick in the MLB draft. And Matt has had a great time over the last few years with Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Today, Brad Thompson is not here anymore. He does Cardinals games on Bally. Jamie Rivers was already out. Anthony Stalter has a car accident. So it's Danny Mack, Jay Delsing, former PGA pro, and Randy Carricker. Matt, we're, we're sorry that you, we aren't uh, putting you in your normal comfort zone today. How are you doing? 
I'm good, and I'm pretty comfortable with you guys. So mm. I uh, I feel like I've been on the air plenty with you three. Uh, maybe not Jay, but the other two uh, enough. Uh, I'm, I'm feel like this might be a bit of an upgrade uh, <laughs> as I'm concerned uh, um, from what what I'm used to. You know, typically we talk about uh, Jamie's banana hammock and. Uh, you know, Brad's, you know, a lot of Brad's issues. So I feel like this just feels a little bit more uh, professional. <laughs> well, we're glad. Yeah, we, we've been around, you know. We, we, it is kind around. of a, a pro deal. <laughs> hey, we yeah. were just, we, we were talking about, I, I listened to your, uh, the podcast that you did with John Heyman and Joel Sherman, and I loved your explanation of what's happened to baseball to make it so so individualized now. And when, when you played, and we saw the first day you were here with the Cardinals, and you played under Clint Hurdle and Hurdle was a whitey guy and so he was a fundamentals guy tony obviously was a stickler for fundamentals what do you think has happened to winning plays in baseball well i think the the overwhelming theme i think now is is primarily based on what analytics say is the most effective way to play when and they would tell you that you know that hitting home runs and and uh, and walking and striking people out that you know that sort of is is the formula for the most, um, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's the most effective, most impactful plays. But I think uh, the game is not played by computers, and, and there's things that go into the game where, okay, yeah, ground ball by the three-hole, a ground ball to the second baseman that sets up the job for the four-hole where all he has to do is hit a fly ball and we have a run. I don't know that you can type that into a computer or – you know, I just don't know that that's quantifiable enough for, for some of the new age thinking. So um, I, I think that, you know, individually, we talked about on that podcast about, you know, I think college, or high school kids in general do a lot of showcases and they do, um, they do a lot of uh, all-star games and they do a lot of workouts where they measure speed and they measure throwing speed and they measure bat speed and they measure all these measurables. But there's, there's something to knowing how to play the game and there's something to instincts. There's something to playing in the backyard playing stickball, playing, uh, you know, just just playing the game to win. And I think that, um, you know, we've gotten away from that a little bit to where, like I said, it's, it's a little bit more of the um, the home runs. the, the, the But, I, you know, I think it's coming back, Randy. I, th- I think that uh, there's a little bit more emphasis. I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like there's more stolen bases this year. Um, but I, I would like to, to see, you know, sort of the, the guy willing to hit the grounder on the right side. Uh, to make the guy, next guy's job easier instead of just saying, hey, man, we, we pay you to hit home runs. Just hit a home run here. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's, that's winning baseball. I mean, I, I used to take a lot of pride in, in hitting a ground ball to the right side to get a runner over to make it you know, easier for the next guy. I know it's shocking uh, to hear a ping in the background of a Matt Holiday interview. I'm assuming that is a, a batting cage in your teaching. Is that is that what's going on right now? Uh, yeah, I'm actually over at Oklahoma State uh, throwing uh, throwing to Ethan and, and my nephew Brady, uh, and actually read my little guy. They're off school today, so um, I uh, I'm over at the field just kind of doing what I do. I'm always you know around hitting and like baseball, so. Uh, I'm over here and, and just uh, watching some of the new OSU players work out a little bit and 
uh, enjoying the sun. So that's, uh, as you know, Danny, that's, that's usually where I'm at. Absolutely. Now, call-ups uh, expand today. The roster is 26 to 28, uh, the active uh, major league team. I'm just curious with your son, what's going on with Baltimore? Not saying that he's going to get called up this year. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm yeah. curious about what his schedule is like now because depending, as you well know, minor leagues, A-ball, double-A, triple-A, your seasons end at different times of, of September. What What's your son's schedule going forward? Yeah, so the double-A team plays through the 17th. Uh, I think they're on. They're right on the cusp of being in the playoffs with the second half. Um, I know the triple-A uh, team is qualified for the postseason, so... Uh, depending on who they they you know they call up, it's so different now, Danny. As you as you know, with only two extra spots, it doesn't really the dynamic is just is so different. I think you know the Orioles initially have called up Kowser and, and maybe another relief pitcher. So it's not like it used to be where you know you'd have you know these teams in the playoffs would want to get six or seven guys up there, um, you know, to continue the push. Uh, now you only get two. Uh, usually when the season's end ends, they carry you know some extras to. to to have around and, and to kind of experience it. So um, I, my guess is that, you know, outside of an injury to an infielder, uh, he'll probably finish the season out in double A. And um, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, you know, come the 18th, if, if, if having him around and bringing him up and letting him sort of be part of the team, but not active uh, would be beneficial. I, I would, if, if I was uh, running a team, I would want my, my future prospects, the guys that I'm counting on moving forward, uh, I would want them around the environment. Uh, I would want them around the guys and, and the comfort level of, of rolling into next year, I think would be much higher. So uh, I don't know what their plan is, um, but I do know that they've done a great job of developing young players. I think currently they have the best record in the American league, which is pretty awesome considering, you know, their payrolls, I think uh, somewhere in the sixties. Um, so uh, they've done an incredible job of, of developing and, and uh, drafting players and, and, uh, It'll be interesting to see. You know, they don't have a ton of postseason experience, but um, that not always does that does that matter. Hey, Matt, it's Delsing here, and uh, truly the player to be named later here, but it's an honor to get to talk <laughs> to you. Um, you got these two young studs, and I want to know how your spin rate is with your arm because we're talking about analytics and everything, and how's that arm holding up these days? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I think uh, I've got pretty good spin. I can, I can throw out the, the, the fastball with a little bit of hop on it, but – uh, you know, we've got machines for everything nowadays. So we have these, these high spin machines and uh, we have these uh, these soft balls that, that create incredible spin. You can literally watch them rise. So uh, we have plenty of tools to, to recreate anything they might see. But uh, my arm's good. I, I do throw a lot of batting practice, and but I love it. I mean, I, I tell the boys all the time, I'll throw it till my arm falls off as long as it's your idea. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's great. Matt, two of the franchises you played with are in uncharted territory. Biggest surprise for Matt Holiday: the Yankees having a losing season for the first time since 92 or the Cardinals having a losing season for the first time since 07? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say the Cardinals just because I, I was much more uh, intimate knowledge of, of the roster and, and uh, you know, the, the, the expectation level. and, and um, I, But I, I guess it's probably pretty similar. I mean, the Yankees on paper with their payroll and, and, uh, and everything that they, you know, the expectations they had coming into the season. You look at the Padres, you look at the, the Mets. It's, it's been a pretty surprising season when you, when you look at rosters and, um, and, and teams that, that somehow have found themselves, you know, out of contention with all the spots that are available. Uh, you know, here we are September 1st with a month of baseball left. And, 
you know, four of the top rosters that you would say maybe coming into the, the season are all um, have all traded off parts and, and are all sort of looking towards next year. It's, it's been, you know, big time surprise, but um, you know, I, I think that, I think that, you know, obviously there's has to be moves made, but I think the Cardinals and the Yankees will both, both bounce back next year. And, and uh, I think they are organizations that are proud and, and, uh, ownership that are on both sides that are willing to do whatever it takes to to not stay where they're at. So it'll be interesting off season to see you know how they uh, you know address some of the issues and 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 how they you know plan to get back into whether they're comfortable, which is right in the middle of the playoff race next year. Arenado is four home runs and thirteen runs batted in away from another uh, season of thirty and a hundred. It would be his eighth consecutive season uh, of those numbers, which is incredible consistency. You know, when the team is out of it like this, but you you you'd never say, "Well, I'm playing for numbers." Let's be honest here. How important is it to play for some numbers like that to get to a milestone like that for Nolan? Sure. Yeah. No, most definitely. I mean, I think that at this point, you're playing for self pride. You're playing to set a great example for young players. Uh, you still come to the park. You're you're pro. Um, if you don't come fully uh, mentally and and physically engaged, you'll get embarrassed. I mean, it's the greatest players in the world. And if you're not ready to play every night, even though your team may be out of it, you don't have that juice to get to the postseason. Um, you you better bring your your self pride and your self preparation because you'll get embarrassed. And I think that that's that's something I learned as, as you know, obviously getting a chance to play for a long time and. Um, you know, was really proud of in the years where, you know, particularly early in my career in Colorado, I learned, um, you know, when you're out of it, but there's still a lot to play for. And, and you talk about eight seasons of 30 homers and, a, and 100 RBIs. And, um, you know, the last, I guess, what, three or four have been in St. Louis um, and in a, in a pitcher's park. Uh, it's it's incredible. And so uh, he's, he's one of the, the hardest working, as you know, being around him, hardest working, dedicated, intense, um, you know, takes a lot of pride in what he does every day. Players that I've ever been around, so uh, I, I think those are those are probably almost a shoe in to, to happen outside of you know an injury. Matt, playing as long as you did, I, I mean, it, the game just exposes you it's how difficult it is over the the length of a season, 162. And when you're having a year like the Cardinals are having, how, how do you, especially for some of these young players that have maybe it's their first or second year in the big leagues, they've never experienced stuff like this, and this ball is just kind of rolled out of control downhill. How I, I mean, do you feel like the younger guys are looking to Nolan and to Goldie for for examples? And because they, they may have never been in a situation like this, but if you play long enough, it yeah. the, the game you know the the game wins sometimes. Yeah, I, I, for sure, and I think that that's where veteran leadership uh, you know really needs to step in, and I'm sure it is. But um, the, the, just the idea that this isn't acceptable, this isn't you know this isn't okay. This isn't who we are. This isn't who this organization is. Don't get used to this. Um, you know, th- this is how we work. This is how we train, uh, you know, watching Goldie and watching uh, Nolan and watching Adam. I mean, I watched Adam and it's not going great. Obviously everyone knows it hasn't been the season that Adam had hoped for uh, coming into his last season, but I watched him. I was in town on, on Monday and he was pitching and I watched his preparation. I watched him walk to the bullpen. I watched him do his whole thing. And, you know, this is a guy that, you know, is, is, is at the tail end of, of an amazing career. And he would treat it like it was game seven of the World Series. And I think that example of, of watching a guy, like I said, that, that just 
is, you know, he could mail it in and he could be laughing and having a good time and, hey, you know, whatever happens, happens, and I've had a great career and we're out of it. He was so locked in um, that I didn't want to mess with his routine because I've seen that routine every five days, you know, for my eight years there and, and ever since I left. It's the same thing. He does everything the same and, and his, his intensity. And, and those are the kind of examples that, that these young guys need to watch and pay attention to that have, have, have served him so well and the greatness that he's been uh, over his career and, and Nolan and Goldie as well. Um, but this is the kind of leadership, this is the kind of you know, example that, that we want you to follow because we don't expect to be down long. Cardinal Hall of Famer Matt Holiday with us on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Matt is down in Stillwater. You can hear the ping of the, the <laughs> bats in the background. So, Matt, since you're you're down there, boots on the ground, uh, Mike Gundy just turned 56. Is his hair as magnificent in person as it is on TV? It really is. You know, it's so impressive. Dang. I'm I'm so jealous. Uh, it is it is nice hair. And then for a while, he had the gray beard going, which you know he had it cut perfectly and. You know, I just thought, man, your hair, like, you don't look, you know, 56. Uh, you still look like, you know, but he was one of those guys that when he was 40, he looked like he was 25. And so, you know, Craig Council, he's got that kind of, you know, gene where, you know, they, they've always looked younger than they actually are. So uh, his hair is, is magnificent. His, uh, you know, his, his son, Gage, uh, was between Jackson and Ethan. So I got a chance to watch a lot of baseball games with him and, uh, he he loves baseball, and uh, I had to pull him down off of a fence uh, this past year in a regional game. We were uh, insanely wronged by an umpire on a, on a on a play that would advance us to the state tournament. Um, we ended up winning and going to the state tournament anyways, but it was a really really horrible call. And I thought I- I'm going to have to keep. I, he he climbed the fence and, and didn't know what to do. You know, it's like he was ready to jump over it, and then I think it, he realized that there's nowhere to go that, that you know anything good's going to happen so he's awesome he's uh he's somebody that i've gotten to be pretty good friends with and, and yes his hair is incredible yeah and by the way <laughs> he's a man he, he, well that's the thing he's he, was, 40. He, he was 40 so he had to say i'm yeah. a man i'm 40. 40 yeah well yeah he's even yeah i mean he's 56 years of a man now so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does he still get trouble for that down there i mean people still give him you know a little trouble uh, yeah, about it i mean i'm sure i you know he he's he's pretty funny, so I don't think that that bothers him. I like, wouldn't you know, think he's, so. No, he's over. If it. you've seen any of his uh, press conferences, it's always very colorful, and and uh, you know he he'll do he's not afraid to do a one arm push up, and you know he's got all this. Uh, he keeps it pretty light, so I don't I don't think that bothers him. All right, one more thing: Labor Day weekend, Matt Holiday's barbecuing. You get one meat to barbecue on Monday on Labor Day. What are you choosing? Uh, probably bison filet. I, I like bison fillets. They're hard to come by, but uh, you know Whole Foods usually has nice, uh, nice bison filet uh, that I I love uh, to cook and and feel like I, I do a fairly good job at. Sounds delicious, Matthew. It's always great to hear your voice. Have a great weekend and uh, keep those kids kids hitting, man. They're they're, they're hitting yeah. the daylights out of that ball down there. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I uh, I love when people you know and they they like the. The, the hitting and, and getting a chance to be around young people. So it, it's great. But it's great talking to you guys. Uh, it was a nice little surprise and, and uh, good talking to you guys. Thank you, Matt. You See you later. Matt. Thank you. That's Cardinal yeah. Hall of Famer Matt Holiday with us on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. One of the all time great people yeah. that yeah. have graced the Cardinals and St. Louis. And played hard.
played the right way, did those kind of things, represented the organization in the city so well. Um, yeah, he's everything that you'd want in a Cardinal Hall of Famer, no doubt. And, and one thing, Jay, you're a middle of the lineup hitter for a team that wins as much as the Cardinals won when he was here. You're a really good player. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. I got to do, guys, that last week I went down to the Glennon 101 thing, and, you know, Matt's been involved with the Homers for Health thing with Jimmy Williams, a young man that got the new heart down there. And Cardinal Glennon Hospital is bad. They're 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 awful, awesome. Awesome. You were about to say awesome. bad. bad yeah, ass. I, I, I was going to say bad ass. Can you say ass on the radio? Yeah, that, oh, okay, well did. you just did. <laughs> That's fine. People may be tuning in right now and wondering why Randy, why Dan, why Jay Delsing. They're definitely wonder why me. Um, well, Anthony Stalter had just a, a little got sideswiped, and so on the way here, everything's fine. Yeah, he's fine, though. So he was on the way into work. Jamie had a scheduled day off, and then uh, I was going to fill in for Jamie, so I was here anyway. And then Randy lives down the street. I just got done playing golf with Jay. They said, bring him in. I said, okay. I'm still looking. I had to go look for our ball. We lost how many balls today? It was tough. Man, of course, one today. Of course, definitely one. Of course, in great shape, too. Our swear game, though, Danny? Awesome. Top. Top notch. Top notch, notch, baby. Top Top notch, notch. Then you just come into radio, and you turn that swear (laughs) game off. Except when he said (laughs) bad. Yeah. 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 You can do that. Okay. Yeah. All okay. right. I think that's, a, I hope, I'm off for the weekend, so if I'm not back on Tuesday, you'll know why. You can't do it, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm going to let you guys carry this baby down the stretch. Uh, I have to take my dog to the vet. Oh, okay. Oh. What, uh, which dog? Uh, actually, two of them. Uh, Moose has to get his nails done, and Moose goes oh. crazy when he gets the nails. We have to drug him up to get his nails done. Okay. And then um, the new Yellow Lab, Maggie, has to get uh, some stuff just shot in her nose for okay, so, but she'll be fine. All right, well, well thanks for coming in, Randy. Uh, it's always great to see you guys, and I, I assume we'll see you next week both at the oh uh, yeah at the Ascension, right? Yeah, you guys be ready to play. If I play like I did two years ago, I'm going to signal for the right hander. One of you guys is coming in. <laughs> that's Danny awesome. Mac that's going to take over. And by the way, Marsh is also at a scheduled day off. If you're wondering about Marsh, we have Bradford in. Bradford oh, yeah. does a great job. It's great to have Bradford. Yeah, thanks, here. Bradford. Yeah, um, Marshy with uh, load management. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best way to look at it, Randy. There you go. Yeah, I can't stand wow. load management. It's the worst. I mean, if you bought a ticket and you, you're bringing your family to the game, and all of a sudden LeBron's sitting, Jordan is sitting, uh, Derek Jeter's sitting. I don't care who it is. Michael Jordan never sat. I just, I, I get Could it. Could you imagine going up to him and saying, "We're going to sit you"? The fight. There's no. It never happened. Do it. Never no. happened. No. I get it for the well, betterment of the individual and the team, but from the entertainment standpoint of what sports is all about, which is bringing your family down to a game and enjoying it, not seeing the best player, that's that's not right. That's frustrating. Danny, you were around Albert for his entire career. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that Albert played every day is because he knew that there were people that were coming out specifically to see him. A hundred percent. Guys, who are the two that have played the most games this year for the Cardinals? Goldie and Arenado. Yeah. There you go. And that will probably no wind up being the, the way that it finishes, yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. You can send Thanks, us to Randall. the next commercial. Thank you. All right. That's Randy. That's Jay. I'm Dan. This is 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You've come to the right place. You're in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. All right, we got a lot of moving parts here on the Fast Lane. I'm Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. Jay Delsing is across the way. Jamie is filling in for Anthony Stalter. Anthony Stalter had a fender bender on the way to work, so he is handling that. Thankfully, no injuries. Everybody's okay. Anthony's fine. He'll be back with you next week. We got Bradford filling in for Marshy. So we're, we're kind of a, as we said, a potpourri. Are we the replacements, guys, or what? We are the replacements. Call it a holiday special already. It's, it's a holiday, holiday special. Great. Exactly. Got, Danny, you got me instead of Anthony. And let's go. So our time check, 3 o'clock, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers here on 101 ESPN. Next couple of segments, we'll do the Sports 6-pack. So if you have any kind of random questions, you want to throw those at us, uh, make sure you do it. The text line is wide open. Give us the text line, Bradford. I should know this. I, I Listening to the morning show, it's Yoho. 399-9646. 399-9646. There you go. Bang I'm it out. I'm not doing Yoho. I'm not doing I'm not, Yoho. I can't do the Yoho. Ain't doing no, it. No. Taking a stance on that. Thing. That's Randy's thing. He's it's his thing. He purred on the air this morning when I was on. So with him. you were on this morning as he a went, guest, right? I was and what, like, what, what's what happening? was the point? I'm not sure. Did he say why he was doing it? I I, I think it was a skill that uh, no one in the room knew he possessed. Is that right? And he just thought he needed to tell everybody. So he could roll his tongue yeah. and yeah. purr. Yeah. I'm not burned anymore either. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> We've already talked about Mizzou. We've talked a little bit about the Cardinals. Cardinals will open up a weekend homestand with the Pirates, and it is September 1st, so the final week uh, or final month of the regular season is here. What's your motivation to go to the ballpark if you're a Cardinal fan? And I, I got two names that are easy to come to mind, and it's Mason Wynn and it's Jordan Walker. I want to see those two kids play. Absolutely, Denny. I mean, one of the things that I'm a little disappointed in with the, the new rules is remember the old September call-ups? You got to see quite a bit of this, of the really important players that were playing in your AAA affiliate. You know, we got to expand the rosters a great deal. And now I think it's only two, right? Two right. additional so players. Active rosters expand today. You go from 26 to 28, and teams can't have more than 14 pitchers. It is interesting, though. Um there's two different schools of thought on this. One, the games got incredibly long because you had pinch hitting, pitching changes. You wanted to see all, you know, if you're a team that was out of contention, you wanted to see all these different players that came in, right? I mean, yep. you're out of it, so what's the point? Like the Cardinals right now, I think it'd be fun to see some of the young guy, like the kid that's stealing bases all over the place Absolutely. down the line. You would bring him up. Um you know, you'd probably play Luke and Baker a little bit more. You're going to play some of these young guys that you have a lot. The other side of this is that, number one, the games go forever. Number two is, are you being competitive in a pennant race? So, for instance, when you look at what the Cardinals 
have left. It is the hardest. It's the second hardest uh, strength of schedule remaining. So you still have Atlanta. You still have Cincinnati. You still have Baltimore. You still have the Phillies. You still have Milwaukee on the schedule for the Cardinals. So do you want to just throw out your young guys and say this? We're doing this for experience or for the betterment of the league and competition. Do we keep the rosters reduced so that some of your main guys are still playing? That's a great point. I mean, at one point in time, you still have to respect the game, and you know the the uh, defeating someone may make a big difference in the standing somewhere else. So I think that that really comes to play, Danny. One of the things that comes to mind as you repeat to me, you know, we're, when we're together, we talk probably more baseball than we talk golf. But you have basically nailed what this year was going to look like for the Cardinals. You were extremely concerned. And I'll never forget this. You told me if we're anywhere near 500, near the break, they got a chance because the, the the front end of the schedule this year, you said the front end was brutal and the back end was brutal. And what are, you know, we're, what are we, 18 games under 500 and it, it has just kind of come off the rails. I also didn't like the pitching. Never it, did. Uh, I nope. just didn't like it, you know, coming into the season. I thought you needed to hedge your bets a little bit better than they did. I thought the bullpen would be better than it's been this year. But part of that is the fact that their starters haven't gone deep. And you're going to your bullpen a lot. And it's tough to cover all those innings. It just catches up with you mid-August to late-August and then in September. And if you don't have a good bullpen and if you don't have a guy that you can count on every single night in the back end of a bullpen as your closer to win you games, it's just tough to win in the league. You know, it's Danny, just tough to win. I, I so agree. You know, we don't have that one guy that comes out of that bullpen that you can figure that's going to shut it down. And, you know, in today's game, that might be the seventh inning and not the ninth inning. We don't have that guy. Gallegos has had signs of that, but he also throws that cement mixer up there every once in a while. It gets knocked, you know, like crazy, like in that San Francisco game early this year. We just have not had that reliability for Ollie to go to that guy. There is, uh, you know, as Hicks much had as... had a run as, as being that guy, you yeah. know, and I think as much as you would look at this season, you would say, I'd go to Ryan Helsley. The problem is, even when Helsley is healthy, even when he's healthy, um, you're pushing it with him two out of three. No and, and there's just nights that he'll, he'll come to Ollie and just say, I'm not available. You know, I can't go tonight. And that's that's something now I bring that point up is that moving forward, you got to think about that. You know, is, is this a guy that you can rely on to be your closer next year? Now, he is trying to come back and be a part of I think he might be activated tonight as part of some of the roster moves. I'm sure we'll get those with Bradford here in this hour. But that's something that you have to think about. Is he a guy that I want to count in in the back end of games, or do I want to say he's a valuable piece to my my puzzle of the bullpen where there's going to be times I will use him as a closer, but I know I'm only going to get him maybe three times out of seven, which right. is the way that maybe that, that they'll have to use him because he is – he is special. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't throw 102 and not be special right. with a great breaking ball and the things that he has. But still, you got to have reliability in the back end and and not you know not trying to to take a shot at him. It's just physically, I'm not sure that that is the kind of player that or pitcher that will be up for it next year. Right. And what what are your thoughts about JoJo Romero? I feel like he's been love extremely pre, uh, impressive. And Danny, what I love most about him, give me the ball. Give me the I ball. I want a guy that wants the ball. I wanted to. I don't and care if your arm's falling off. You know, when Izzy was playing, 
you know what he was like. You know exactly what he was like because you were probably spending time with him before the game, and he would go out there with nothing. Figure it he out. would just compete and figure it out. I thought the Cardinals had that in Stratton. I, I thought Stratton was one of those guys that, and at the trade deadline, and I haven't looked closely at his numbers. Maybe, Bradford, you could look at him with Texas, but I really felt that that would be whenever he went to a team, he would be a valuable piece that no one talks about. Of course it's going to be Scherzer talked about. Of course it's going to be Montgomery. Of course it's going to be guys like Hicks and some of these bigger-name guys. But when you look at bullpens, every year they are harder and harder and harder to figure out. A GM or a baseball president of baseball operations will say, the hardest thing for me to do is to figure out my bullpen the following year. But if you have guys that have had a track record of, let's say, three years, and they take the ball you know, 60 times, to 70 times that is something that it may not be great numbers but as long as they're giving you the appearances um, that's something you can count on and speaking of great numbers stratton possesses exactly those over the course of 18 innings in august statistically guys he actually had his finest month of the go. entire season inducing those ground balls never was the fireman type but when you're talking about an uber talented texas squad that could well contend for a spot in the fall classic a two era to add that to your bullpen impressive so 18 innings some of those have to be multiple inning appearances exactly. how, many, how many appearances was he in do, do you have those numbers it probably 10 to 12 yeah. at least that's, Danny, that's one valuable of the things that matt holiday just talked about is how do you do those little things that help a ball club win and danny you know how important it is getting from you know today's modern day starter if they go five they're looking thinking five the six five. innings a stretch back in the bob gibson era whatever we're not even talking about that but if you need to get from the from the sixth to the eighth i mean that's a big deal how do you get those six out well it's guys like that exactly Exactly. It's Stratton. It's guys like that. And they get no credit on their team, by the way, either. But internally, the guys know, right? Oh, yeah. And they're respected. I mean, that's the thing is that those guys are respected sometimes more than some of the everyday players. The fact that they know that they're banged up. They know that the shoulder hurts, the elbow hurts, or they have absolutely nothing. And they say, no problem. Give me the ball. Yep. And those kind of guys are invaluable, man, with teams as they head down the stretch. We've got the uh, Sports Six Pack coming up. Jay Delsing is filling in. Uh, again, if you're tuning in right now, maybe driving to the lake for a holiday weekend, coming come back, home from come work. Come back and get us. We'll go. <laughs> We'd love to go, done. too. Come on. We want to go. So Jamie Rivers had a scheduled off day. Marshy scheduled off day. That's why Bradford's in. I'm in for Jamie. And Jay is in last minute because uh, Anthony Stalter had a fender bender, but he's okay. So everybody's okay. Okay, it's not a serious accident or anything like that, but we're letting him take care of his business, and that's what we're doing today. This is 101 ESPN, the Fast Lane at 309. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I had a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. 313, your time check at 101 ESPN, presented by Clarkson Jewelers. This is the Fast Lane. I'm Dan McLaughlin filling in for either Jamie Rivers or Anthony Stalter. Take your pick. Jay Delsing filling in for either Jamie or Anthony Bradford filling in for Marshy. Uh, we do have some news from the Cardinals before we get to the Sports Six Pack. 
activated for the Cardinals is Lars Newbar, Ryan Helsley, and Jake Woodford. Woodford is activated, but then option to AAA. Brendan Donovan has been moved from uh, the list that he was on to the 60-day. So that clears room on a roster move, just kind of swapping spots there with Ryan Helsley, I believe. So Newtbar, Helsley, Woodford all activated. Woodford goes to AAA Memphis. And Donovan is moved to the 60-day IL, and his season is through. T- uh, tonight at the ballpark, to go to Hudson and Mitch Keller of the Pirates, game one of three. Let's hit the sports six-pack. Question number one. And we will have more baseball to come. However, to begin this round of the six-pack, we're going to stretch it out for a little bit. Jay, this one is right in your wheelhouse. It's a heavy hitter right off the I bat. I don't know if I have a wheelhouse, but right. I appreciate it. This is you. it, man. Giving you the benefit of the doubt there. Talk I yourself up a little I need bit. It. There you go. Tiger Woods. Eldrick, would you rather have taken, Jay, Eldrick in his finest, the 05 Masters, or the narrative aspect, the entire bit of it at 19, or in 19, rather, at Augusta. Best version. 19, 19. So I happened to had the pleasure of being on the grounds and watching it, and that place was electric. And to watch Tiger do what he did and how he did it, and he just, you know what, you guys, he let the thing come to him. He let, I don't know how many balls got hit in the water, Danny. From number 12 on into the house, there were balls in the water all over. Kepka hit it in the water. Poulter hit it in the water. Molinari hit it in the water. There, the lakes were filling up down at Augusta, man. It looked like you and I played. And, and Tiger just, I'll never forget watching those guys hit the ball in the water on 12 and watching Tiger play straight away from the flag. You know, the flag six on the front right part of the 12th green and him hitting that hook in nine iron into the middle of the green. Nowhere near the flag stick because he knew as soon as you go flag hunting over there and slightly miss it and it goes nowhere but the water. You played with the king. You played with Tiger. You played with Jack. Yep. You yep. ever sit there and go, wow, I, I played with these guys? Gonna, how did that Come happen, on, man? man? Yeah, I know. That's I know. phenomenal. I know. I The first time, Danny, I got I got to play with Arnold Palmer. I swear, I didn't sleep the night before. And it wasn't even in a, a PGA Tour event. It was at Bay Hill. He had asked me to play with him the next morning. But, I mean, I'm on the range, and I am pounding. You know, my heart is racing. And I walk up to the tee, and I feel like I, I should genuflect or something. You know, I'm like, because he's royal to, to the word icon. It's not big enough for what Arnold Palmer was. Was he good to you during oh, the round and, and good to you subsequently after Stories that? Stories and, and uh, invited me to his home. We uh, Just the whole thing. We had drinks afterwards, and, and he, he just was, you know, just I just sat there. I didn't say a word. I just sat there looking at him like, what? Now, what about I, with Tiger? Was he all business? Oh, yeah. But, you know, when you play with Tiger. sometimes you guys would talk. I mean, there's guys that you, yeah. you told me back in the day you're, you're paired up with. So, say, for instance, we played today with Trevor Dunn. Yeah. So, he was on tour for five, six yeah. years, whatever yeah. it was. And you guys would talk and have a conversation during the competition. Yeah. Where when we see Tiger from outside looking in, it was like the guy never said anything. I mean, he was just so laser focused. Right. I remember talking to him and, and said, every, I said, dude, everywhere I look, I see your face. I mean, it's not, it's not that I don't think you're pretty, but he, he's like, man, he goes, I don't even see it anymore. I you know, bet. I don't even see it anymore. It's just, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And plus the other thing that this guy did, Danny, he beat us with his mind. He was so strong mentally. He could block out anything. I mean, here's a guy that could literally drive it all over the lot all day long and come to 18 and hit a fairway in the green and two putt for a win to close the deal every time. Incredible. Yeah. 
Question two, please. Question number two. <laughs> Let's keep it on the links. Jay, have you ever held a course record? If not, where in the world, the entire world, would you like to have that feat? No, I have probably four or five still. I know I have the one at Memphis. I should. Oh, four or five, whatever. Well, yeah. I, I um, Humble brag. Did, did my, Thank you, Brad. Did, did one of my kids mail in this question? I'm telling it's you. They, did they, they know you were going to fill in? I like it. Yeah, right. Maybe, they, maybe they're the one that hit Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I shot 61 one Sunday down at Memphis. And um, that was one of those days, and I didn't have very many of those, but had one of those days where everything went in. The, the, the hole looked like a bucket. And uh, up at uh, um, the uh, Dick's, where we played Dick's Sporting Goods event up at Enjoy Golf Club, I shot 62 my rookie year. And I think that's still a course record. And there's a few others spread out there, but... Well, you grew up in Norwood, yeah, which is the site of the Ascension Charity Classic. Oh, I do have that one. And that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah what, what's that one? Uh, 64. Okay. Every year I keep looking. Someone's going to break it. They haven't broken it yet. Maybe I can break it this year. I would love to see you do Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that be something? We played so much golf this summer, and yeah. uh, your your game is in great shape, man, heading into next yeah. week. I, I'm, I'm fired up for you. I think you're going to have a great week. I, I'm just excited. Danny, this whole experience, I, I you know, I can't thank Nick and Ascension and Steve Spratt and those guys enough because – this checks every box for me. It's so emotional. At my age, to be able to play a PGA Tour Champions event, my kids will be in front of me, my grandkids will be here, you'll be out there heckling me and throwing like acorns at me in my back Absolutely, swing and stuff I will. like that, driving pearly Could crazy. you imagine if great. I did that? You it would kill me. It would be oh, Happy no, Gilmore. Would. You'd come running out and like Bob Barker me. Dude, it would probably help. It's the way I grew up, you know. I, the, and God the, rest in peace, Bob Barker, but go I, ahead. I know, right? Bob, Bob kicked the bucket this week. He did. I know. Darn it. Question three, please. Question number three. Gentlemen, we know that Major League Baseball has had games now, multiple games, that is, including the Cardinals-Cubs this season in London. What about potentially expanding, maybe not on a permanent basis, maybe not launching an expansion squad per se, but what about a little bit of a flirtation with Puerto Rico in the regular season? What do you think the odds so, are of that happening? Like having a series there? Having a series, yes. Oh, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I definitely think that'll happen. I remember we went down to Mexico, what was it, in 19 maybe? It was Monterey, and they, they uh, Cardinals and the Reds played down there. I think any way that they can expand the game some way, somehow, they're going to try to do it. So whether it's going to London, whether it be setting up a Puerto Rico series, which I, I really felt before Yachty retired, I thought the Cardinals would find a way to get down to Puerto Rico. I, I really did. Bill DeWitt is is so um, important to Major League Baseball, not just owning a historic franchise in the St. Louis Cardinals and running it in a, in a first-class operation, but what he means to baseball behind the scenes. There's a lot that people don't know about that he has a voice in, a hand in, and uh, I, really I really thought that they would find a way to get him down there. I I'm assuming it was probably talked about. But getting down to Puerto Rico or expanding into other markets, even just for a series, I definitely think that's something that baseball will do. Now, one thing you have to remember, teams have to give up home dates to do this, money involved, that kind of stuff, it, which can be handled. But I, I do think it's important for the game. I think it's especially going down to the Latin American places that you can hit. If you can get to Puerto Rico, you can get to Mexico, you can get to where a lot of the players hail from. That's that's so important to let them be exposed back to their friends and family. Diddy, you told me uh, earlier this summer that Bill DeWitt Jr. is, is – 
if not the most, one of the most respected voices in the game. Oh, for sure. He, he's in terms of power. I mean, I'd say there's the commissioner and Bill DeWitt is in the top five. Danny, what about DR? What about the Dominican Republic? I know how close you are with Albert. I know how much Albert has done for his country and what it and means. And he has to... a role now with the commissioner's office. But is there any way to play a game down there? Do they have the facilities? I don't Do know they if have they have the, the facility. Because you never hear about that. I don't know if they've got a facility. I would assume that they would have something that they could go to. I mean, there's Dominican academies there, and maybe you do like the Field of Dreams game, and you could you could put some stands kind in there. Kind blow and, it out a little bit. Yeah, and, and put 5,000 people around the ballpark. Um, there's also just the accommodations of, of when you travel as a team. You know, it's not as easy as just saying, let's go down there, <laughs> let's build some stands, and let's put the team, you know, have a three-game series. I mean, you have to have accommodations. You got to have living quarters that are appropriate for major league players and the traveling party and everything that goes into it. There's a ton of logistics that go into making this event work. Um, but I do think it's something that baseball would love to do. Guaranteed, they'd love to do that. And I, I bet they will in the next five or 10 years. It wouldn't shock me one bit. Do you remember when the World Baseball Classic started? Was that 09, Danny? So, so, uh, so I, don't, I don't know. Good what, question. But, yeah, right around then, but I anyway, think. But anyway, Walshie and the, and the guys went down to Puerto Rico, and we were playing in the Puerto Rican Open, Chris Smith and I. And, and Mark we Walsh is a longtime behind-the-scenes guy with the St. Louis yeah, Cardinals in the clubhouse. Guy, great, great guy. And, and um, Danny, going to a baseball game in, in Puerto Rico, there's tambourines and bongos, yeah. and it's like a carnival circus gong show all watch at the same ball time. Watch winter ball games. Yeah. I, I used to watch winter ball games all the time, and it's – it is. It's a carnival. Yeah. It's it's something that it's an event for the town. Yeah. And the rivalries are great. I mean, and they're serious and they're intense and the fans get into it and the players get into it. They may not be making the money of what they'll make in a few months doing Major League Baseball. But and again, you're not talking about your high end guys, but you're talking about good players and they get into it, man. It's it's fun. It's a neat atmosphere. Where are the best players coming from, Danny, nowadays? You'd have to say Dominican. You know, I mean, yeah. you've got obviously an influx of American players that are outstanding yep. that, that will pl- come from junior colleges and colleges, and some guys are high school developed. Um, the best system in, in sports, by the way, is for the NFL is college football. Yeah. Don't worry about a minor leagues. That is your minor leagues. That's it. You know, and then you, you got all these guys in baseball that jump from – trying to to go from high school to pro ball which is a tough transition not only because the competition is so much better but also um just think about being an 18 year old kid and being away from mom or dad and living on your own for the first time for months and months and months and going for a two for 20 stretch and mom isn't there to have a shoulder to cry on i mean it's It's, tough danny it's boys playing with it is men it is that i can remember going from high school to college i was like damn it's you tough. Know, and it's all about what I liked about it, though. It was all about results. Who plays bet? There wasn't, you know, the high school thing where, oh, I'm behind a senior and I don't get the start. It's not, nothing oh, like no, that. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're there, it's you either put I up love, results or I you don't. That. Yeah. Um, somebody just texted in 314. How about baseball in Hawaii? That's been done in uh, exhibition games. There's been exhibition games in Hawaii. Matter of fact, the Cardinals played the Padres, I want to say it was in 1996. 97 around that time and had a series in exhibition right right around um, spring training when it ended and they're also going over to uh, Japan to play you know they'll, they'll send the Mariners and Dodgers will go over there maybe start a season I, I just think it's good I, I think you expose the game it, it's 
if you get some players out of it, maybe that happens. I mean, you think about the influx of, as I have Jay Delsing here, you, you think about the Tiger effect and what it's meant to golf. If there can be somebody that can transition their game to a sport and 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 be um, a transcending type player, there there are young players or young kids, and I mean five, six, seven, eight years old, that say, I want to be that next guy, and maybe a great player comes from it. You never know. Absolutely. That's how it starts. I would say that. Absolutely. By the way, uh, 314, have you guys ever seen Albert's son, AJ, play golf? Yeah. Uh, AJ is, remember when he was hanging around the Cardinals when Albert yep. was in his prime here, and he'd be out in his Cardinal uniform and doing all that stuff. Well, AJ turned into a golfer, a yeah. really good yep. one. He's a good player. You yep. see him play? Oh, yeah. we've. I think we watched um, video of him, Danny, down at Dalhousie, which is such a great, you know, resource club here for folks in the Midwest and National Club and everything. And, you know Number five can hit it, too. Oh, yeah. I emceed wow. John Jay's uh, charity last year, and they had a closest to the pen. And, of course, Albert steps up and puts it about two feet. With everybody, I mean, everybody's playing in the closest to the pen. And he's like, uh, hey, man, how far is this? And I said, I don't know, you know, 110 or whatever. Got it. Yep. Put it like two feet. Yeah. It's just typical Albert. Typical Albert, whatever. Sports 6-pack will roll on in just a moment. This is 101 ESPN. It's the fast lane. It's 326, and our time check is presented by Clarkson Jewelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I don't like to get political. I don't do politics, okay? I have my own viewpoints. Jay's got his own viewpoints. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Bradford is in for Marshy. I'm in for Jamie. And Jay is in for Anthony, who is in a fender bender on the way to work, and everything is fine. He's cool. But um, so that's why we have a little rotation going on right now. So I don't like to get political. However, you do a hell of a job on your sports updates. Appreciate that very much, sir. You put a lot into them. And I appreciate that. You went to the soundbite. It didn't fire. And I got to think, just for a second, you went Mitch McConnell on me. I, <laughs> his Jay's mic up. I don't know if his mic is up. I uh, I, I saw you, and I, I, I didn't know if, like, you froze. I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, okay, that happens. It didn't fire. And then there was, like, two more seconds. And then there was, like, three seconds. And I thought... We, we got our own live Mitch McConnell, you know, 80 years difference, but something's going on here. Well, it's funny because the headphones aren't exactly firing in the conventional way oh, today okay. either, so no. No excuses. Play like a champion. There Again, you do a hell of a job on it. I, I'm, I You know, I, I love you, baby, but I just I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. This is the fast lane. We've got uh, the sports six-pack. We've got a lineup potentially coming out here momentarily. We'll get to that. Uh, let's hit question number four, I believe. Question number four. 
sticking with the baseball, albeit stateside here. And Jay, you mentioned in our very first segment of the show, the great Ronald Acuna Jr. The show, the station in general has actually been talking a lot about the Braves and why not the prohibitive favorites right now in Major League Baseball. Just yesterday, Acuna Jr. became the first player in Major League history to go 30-60. Is there an obvious candidate, maybe other than Ellie De La Cruz, to join this club next? And with the way in which the commissioner's office different higher-ups hope that the game will progress i know dan you mentioned this i believe last week talking about how maybe altogether there hasn't been quite the sheer number of swipes we would have anticipated at the beginning of the year who's next i think it's first of all i think stolen bases are up the numbers do bear that out i just thought when they decided to make the bags bigger um, and then your lack of pickoffs and those kind of things. I just thought, Jay, that guys would be running wild. I'm not, I'm not sure it'd be the reincarnation of the 1985 Cardinals here, but I, I did think that people would be taking more chances than maybe they have. It's it surprised me. I think the numbers are up, but but Danny, with the you know you're limited on the throwovers, your pickoffs. If you know you you think that they'd press the the issue more. You you watch a guy like Tyler O'Neill, who's one of the fastest guys in the league, and he gets on first and he never runs. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What's going on there? It's a, uh, the 314 says it shouldn't count because the bases are bigger. If you think about the bang-bang plays that you have had, yeah. and it seems like every stolen base, man, it's, it's the tag is just about there on the foot, on the hand. I mean, it's boom, boom, right there. That if you add just a fraction of an inch or an inch or two to the bag, that you're going to get at least more calls going the way of the base runners. It would just make common sense that that would be the case. I would, to me, I'd push it. I, I would say, look, I'm going for it. I'm going to press the button and press the pedal to the metal, and, and we're going to run. Well, Danny, they put it in your favor, right? They're adding the the, the size of the base means you have less, you know, distance to go. Albeit, we're talking inches, but still, to your point, ninety percent of the plays are bang bang, and it's you're either it's on one side or the other. So you think that that would make a difference and sway a few of those to your to our side? I thought that they would do that, but uh, again, not necessarily the case. By the way, thirty sixty. That's, that's sick. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Thirty sixty. 60. And he's still got a month to go. Right. So, I mean, right. he could go off here, depending on – and the, the Braves are going to wrap this thing up here in the next week or so. You know, he's going to have some t- – I would assume. Now, he – I, I love how Brian Snicker plays it. Basically, the lineup that they have is yep. out there every, every single day, day yep. and here it is, and you're in this position. They're in that – what we talk about every year in that spot where if you're a team, do you roll the same guys out every single night and just keep pressing <laughs> like you are, or do you – you know, pull back some. I mean, they're going to win the division by an inordinate amount of games. Yep. So, do you pull some of these guys back? And it's always about losing that edge, right? You know, until you get to that. And it's something that, as you as an athlete, would know about. In sport, Danny, it's the most po- important thing you can have. When mo- momentum and that edge is on your side, you want to cradle it and cherish it and take care of it and not just, you know, not lose it if you can. But one of the things that Acuna Jr. does. I just see the joy of playing the game when yeah. he's out there. He's having so much fun. I, as much as I I didn't enjoy watching Ellie Delacruz do what he did, you know, how about him out racing Adam Wainwright from home plate to He's fun to uh, watch. It's fun to watch. Um he has that same joy, you know, of life when playing the game and 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 that 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 man that that is really seductive. It makes me really really want to root for them and watch that. It, this is an interesting point. I hadn't thought about this, but 314 says do the players have to relearn the skill and numbers will rise next year 
That's interesting. I mean, it, it is reviewed time and again about, okay, lefty's on, this is what you want to do. Righty's on, here's a, t- here's a giveaway, yep. here's a tip, here's something that you know. Um, but is it something that in do you refocus and spend more time on that in spring training going into a season? And my, my answer to that would probably be yes. Yeah, Danny, what about the minor leagues? I mean, you got to sure. start, you know, you, you've got to start at least – the Cardinal way, which I'm not sure if that's a thing anymore, but that's where everything began. And that's where people, the players were getting indoctrinated into this way of playing the game the right way. Here's something to think about. The automatic strike zone is coming, whether you like it or not. I think it's coming to major league baseball. It's been implemented all across the minor leagues. You don't need a catcher to frame anymore. You, you really don't. Bradford, you're looking at me like I'm strange. You don't need him to frame he anymore. Is strange. It's all so good, Bradford. A defense first catcher. How much do you really need him? I mean, he still has to have a good arm, but in terms of usually one comes with the other. Defense first catcher can block, he can frame, yep. he can throw. Or am I just going to look for guys that can absolutely throw cannons down to second base? <laughs> right. You know, if I, I, I mean, if I don't have to worry about framing, pitch framing, I got to worry about calling a game. I got to worry about the comfort level that my pitcher has with me. I get that, but do I really care all that much about it? Danny, how much are they using analytics for this too? You know, oh, they got the clock. Pop up times. They or... got the clock. The pop up times. This is guys under one five. You can, you know, if he's under, if he's over one five, they take advantage. You know, it's it's all goes back to the numbers too. There is there is a standard, and it's one point. You know, yep. this for yep. particular guys, and they just say if he's below that then you don't. know don't go yeah if he's above it then you go yeah and that's how it works yeah question five please question number five among the roster developments from the ballpark this afternoon gentlemen lineup looming lineup game that is looming as well brendan donovan transferred to the 60-day disabled list ryan helsley activated from that particular distinction next year where the 636 would like to know, do you envision Donovan logging the most playing time in the field? Had to acquit himself very well as a designated hitter when the physical compromises were there. But 2024, opening day, moving on throughout the season, where is he going to end up most often in the field? Infield. Infield for sure. But, Danny, what I wanted to ask you is, is his arm, is he going to be able to be ready for spring training or is he going to be a June guy? So when – Position players, like a, a good example would be Tony Womack. Tony Womack yep. had that yep. type of surgery that Donovan is going through, I believe. Uh, not 100% on that, but it's it's, it's kind of similar what they're, what they're dealing with. A position player can come back from that. Um, they're careful. They're very careful. And that's why if you're looking at next year, where does he play, even though he can play the outfield, um, teams would just take advantage of his arm the entire time, and you he's can't, likely to hurt it again. Too, and that's right? the other that's problem. Probably how he hurt it, playing out of position. And well, why has Tommy Edmond been hurt a little bit this I know, year? I know, probably playing out of position. I mean, you you need these guys if they're infielders. In 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 my opinion, if they're infielders, then stay on the infield. And, I love that. And uh, I, I just I look at Brendan Donovan. And I don't want to give him up. I don't want to give up Tommy Edmond either. But I got Nolan Gorman. I got I got Arenado. I got Goldie. I only got so many spots. Um, I do have at least a DH. But right now, Contreras is my DH. That's why it makes likely, and Mason Wynn's going to be everyday shortstop. That's why it makes sense to say, okay, we have a guy here, Edmond, Donovan, or get creative with somebody else to say we probably have an influx of too many guys at these positions that we can give somebody up and get something back for them. I hate to give up any of them. I agree. How did we get 
to this position, Danny, where I feel like we have the same guy so much. You know what I mean? It's this, the same guy playing and, and capable of moving around the infield, playing short, here's playing the thing. second, we're, playing center. We're, we're going to contradict ourselves because I'm going to say I don't want to get rid of him, but yet if I want to keep him, somebody's going to have to play the outfield a little bit. I know. So one of those guys is going to have to move. Tommy Edmond is uh, Tommy Edmond to me is a really good center fielder. Right. He's, he's outstanding. But what do you do then with Dylan Carlson? What do you do with Tyler O'Neill? You're not trading Jordan Walker. And, so, and Tommy really can't throw out there though, Danny. He, no, he, well, he's yeah. it, it's it's strong enough to be accurate enough. Yeah. Um, it's just not somebody you're going to sit there and, and it's not the you know reincarnation of Dave Parker. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know. But then again, who is? Nobody. You know, no one throws like those guys used to throw. Although I got to tell you, Jordan Walker, big the, arm. He he, uh, he hit that. He knocked that player out at uh, third base the other, what, two, three games ago. It was fa- fantastic. Here's, though, something that I think Bogarts, you, I think he threw out you have to think about is that Jordan Walker is a natural third baseman. Goldie's got another year on his deal. Is Goldie in the plans for an extension? And if not, Walker moves to first in, in what I would do. Right. And then I would open up that spot in the outfield for somebody. Then, if you're thinking like this, then that means maybe an Edmund or a Donovan sticks around. Right, so right. now you can say no. You're you're going to play every day. You're just you're you're going to be in the outfield, not on the infield. I, it's it's question uh, to me. If you're a, a lover of the sport like I am, and you are, this could be a really fun off season if you're a Cardinal fan. It's been a tough season. Everybody gets that, but this is where all these different things I'm throwing out there on the plate are combinations that they're thinking about right now. Don't you think it's a pretty crucial season for? Oh Rome? yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of roster juggling. We've got. I mean, we've. Basically, have two pitchers under contract. We have Mats and uh, Michaelis. Uh, Michaelis, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I know some people were saying, "Well, why not bring in Lucas Giolito for uh, a look or Clevenger?" No, no. I if I'm I'm losing anyway. Don't and we know if, what they look like anyway? Well, you do. Right. There's a couple ways to look at it. Number one, if the players are going to be under uh, free agents to be, they've come this far. They're going to free agency. The days of let's bring him to St. Louis and see this atmosphere and they're going to fall in love with St. Louis, which they might. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but that probably ain't going to happen. So I want to see as much as it's been painful at times. I want to know what I have in Rom. I want to know what I have in Matthew Libertor. I want to know what I have going forward, and I think I do in Dakota Hudson, who goes tonight. But is that a, a piece for my bullpen? And I need to, and, and if I learned anything from this year, I better hedge my bets. I better be able to sit there and say, I'm not just one through five. I'm one through eight. And I'm not say, saying that seven or eight have to be what would be two or threes in a rotation, like world beaters. I'm just saying I got to have people that I can count on that when I bring them back with injuries, I can count on some of these guys. I mean, Denny, the only thing that we can really count on with the pitchers is they get hurt. Yeah. I mean, and it's across baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, with, this, with this max effort and the fact that these starting pitchers now are going five innings in this, this term, the quality start that's thrown out there, you know, it, the thing has changed so much. We we you if you don't have a good solid eight that can that can that can really go for your big league well, lineup, you're out of trouble. I think the last time I remember the Cardinals having a run in which they were basically one through five took the ball every day was 2004 and then at the end of that year they brought up Danny Heron because there was a doubleheader and I think it was against the Pirates and I think Julian Tavares hit somebody on the head why I remember that game I don't know why but I think I'm right about that but then Danny Heron got traded for Mulder and the rest is history so maybe it was 2005 but the point being that was the last time you saw 
their pitching staff, every one of them, every fifth day, you'd count on that guy. Yep. And you just, you just didn't have injuries. Question six, please. Question number six. Finally, the ACC moving away from its Eastern roots in a major way. Stanford, Cal, and SMU ready to make it an 18-team league effective next year. Are you guys in any way fans of these mega conferences? First of all, I don't care. I don't care. That's college sports now in a nutshell. However, for a guy like Jay Delsing, who was a two-time All-American at UCLA... It was a pack. A it was di- a pack eight. It's it, a pack twelve. Right. It was a pack. I just leave the numbers out. Like, don't say big ten anymore, and don't say. <laughs> hey, I don't even know how many are in there anymore. Why do you care anymore? I, you just you want to see the best games. You want to see the best teams play. Okay, this is one way to do it. I don't care. It's all about money. Follow the money. Just follow Danny, the money. It's like you're saying everything. Follow the money. Follow it. Yeah. And when it stops being about the money, follow the money. So does it bother you if your Bruins would go to the uh, the Big Twelve? No, you don't care. No, I no, I. I mean, I'm so far removed from my college days. You know, you don't. I'm, you don't bleed the uh, the what is it? The baby blue and the, the gold. Baby blue is a little tough, but um, I, I I I do like UCLA a lot. But I'm not. I mean, I would play with guys and and I'd be. They'd come down and sit next to me at breakfast and go, "We're playing you today," and I'm like. My kids have like three games that I'm missing today. Who the hell are you talking about? He goes, no, Oklahoma State's playing UCLA. And and I'm like, okay. It is interesting, though, for sports like baseball, softball, track, soccer, golf. If you're not a preeminent program, you're not not traveling privately. So how are you getting – I mean, the expense of cross-country travel for some of your secondary sports. Now – if you're making the move to go do this in these big conferences, football and basketball are, are driving the bus, so to speak. They're, yeah. they're bringing in millions anyway, so yeah. it's not like you're crying poor. However, it is interesting to see how it affects, you know, if UCLA wants to play USC, you go down the street. Yeah, Danny, I can tell you, though, that the golf team's not getting any of that dough. No. We raise all our money ourselves, and, and it's all about the travel. And to your point, though, What's our conference? Who's in our conference championship? You know, we're going. Where Where are we going? We're going to Iowa. Where are we going? Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, uh, when we were in college, D, we got in one of those extended Econo vans that was always white. It had, the, you know, the, the state of California driver license plate on it. And we drove everywhere. Yeah. And, dude, you have no idea how long the coast of California is. It's until long, you drive man. in one of those vans. It sucks. <laughs> but that would be the best times you had with your with your. I got with a, your We had a great time. I want you to take a guess at what our per diem was. Per diem. And then cut it in half. Uh, and then minus eight dollars. Six. Six dollars. Six bucks. <laughs> now you could get a grand slam uh, a breakfast for a buck ninety nine. See, you're covered. And you, and 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 I didn't understand Spanish until I, but I didn't know that La Quinta meant right behind Denny's. Two for one. There yeah, you go. Yeah. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Apparently the lineup is out. We'll take a look at that as the Cardinals open up a series this weekend with the Pirates. That's next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> I'm just a fill-in, but that means <laughs> that that means the lineup's out, right? Let that breathe a little bit, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was ready to jump in. I'm so excited to guess the lineup. Can't blame you. 
<laughs> that voice over there is, uh, well, that's Bradford Bruns. And he is filling in for Marshy. I'm Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. And Jay Delsing is in. And he's filling in for Anthony Stalter here on the Fast Lane as we kick off a holiday weekend. Okay, we have uh, the lineup game. The Cardinals are facing a right-hander in Mitch Keller. He's had 10 starts against the Cardinals. He's 5-4 and four against St. Louis. And let's go. We've got some activations uh, today. Who do we have? We had Newpar activated, right? I think he's going to the top of the lineup, Dave. What do you think? You're jumping the gun here, Jay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, stay in my lane over stay here. Stay in your lane. I'm uh, in the slow lane, even though this I, is the fast lane. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was, was going to give all the active. By the way, I agree with you that Newpar will be at the top. We'll find out in a moment. But activated, uh, available tonight, Lars Newpar, Ryan Helsley, Jake Woodford activated, but then option to build up here at uh, AAA. Brendan Donovan transferred to the 60-day injured list. So it's Dakota Hudson, Mitch Keller of the Pirates pair of right-handers tonight at Bush Stadium. And I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to go at the top of my lineup with one Lars Newtbar. Show us Lars. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. You know, I'd like to know <laughs> just from my own personal information where these come from, Bradford. Marshy is largely responsible okay. for the But bulk. you've chimed and, in for some, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. And ones that are a little more off the beaten path, admittedly, those probably uh, came from me. How <laughs> do you find these? They are fantastic. <laughs> All right, so Lars Newtbar is uh, at the top of the lineup. We would uh, have to assume that he's playing center field. I'm, I'm in down with that. Okay, so that's uh, center fielder Lars Newtbar. We expect that. All right, batting second. You're my guest, so I'm going to let you go first. Who do you have? I'm going Goldie. I'm going Goldie, too. Show me Mr. Gold. Goldschmidt. Rich with gold. Gold! Nice job. Two for two. Is All he right. a first baseman or a DH tonight? Ooh, I, I love when he plays first baseman. He is the most underrated defensive first baseman I think I've ever seen. Albert was in that category, too, Denny. I felt like Albert could win a Golden Glove almost every year, and I think he only got a couple of them. Yeah, Goldie does things that most people don't realize that are kind of under the radar, but does them with such efficiency and saves you over the course of six months. He saves you a ton of runs. Oh my, He made our Smart infield player. defense so much better. So Goldie batting second, Newbar leading off. All right, now we're at the third spot spot in the lineup i'm thinking with a righty on the mound you thinking we're going uh nolan gorman that's where i was going to go too i was going nolan gorman although for a while remember it was goldie arenado yeah. but uh now with new bar back you can kind of get back into the flow of what they want with their regular uh lineup at least in my opinion so let's go nolan gorman there's a storm coming ari nice three right for on. three now right is he on. at second or is he dh'ing that's another good question. That's we got, where we're gonna we gotta figure that out. Because right? Tommy is healthy, so yep. and no and you got Newpar back. So new I I would say Newpar plays center, then you would move Edmund to second, which allows Gorman to DH unless unless you put Tommy at shortstop and give Win the night off with a right hander. Nah. I, I hope not. I like watching him play. I want to see him play. I do, too. I, I'm with you. All right, so we got Newbar leading off center. Goldie at first. Gorman is batting third. We are going to assume DH. This is pretty easy. Let's go okay. Nolan Arenado. Absolutely. Okay, Nolan Arenado batting cleanup. Nolan is a security guard <laughs> at the lumber yard. 
You like these, don't you? I do. I like them. I, I hear them every day, but I still laugh at them. You listen to the show all the time. I do. So this I shouldn't do. be foreign to you. I do. Nope. I'm I'm certainly no Anthony Stalter, as everyone could attest to, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Nude Bar, Goldie, Gorman, Arenado, batting fifth for your Cardinals will be. Are we going to have Willie uh, catching, or are we going to have Kisner catching Danny? Do we put Jordan I was thinking Walker's Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go O'Neill. Let's go. Let's go. I'll go with you. You're, you're good with O'Neill? Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not really. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, um, who's going to be catching? You thinking um, uh, Kiz is catching? I'll go Contreras catching, catching because of what I was saying before with the DH. I bet Gorman's uh-huh. your DH okay. and his lefty, righty. The other thing why I would move up O'Neill is he's going to see fastballs. Keller throws about 72% yep. fastballs, and I like Tyler O'Neill on a fastball normally. Uh, but well, with him, I throw everything out the window. But whatever. <laughs> but that's my thought process yeah, in going yeah, Tyler yeah, O'Neill yeah. here. Okay. Give me Tyler O'Neill. Mm. Let's go, Wilson. What do you think? Oh, it's got to be Willie yeah. Contreras. Wilson, are you naked? <laughs> no, Tim. I'm wearing a hat. Okay. All right. Newt Bar, Goldie, Gorman, Arenado, Contreras. Contreras. Now. Who are you thinking? Tyler yeah, O'Neill? Yeah, I like it. Tyler right. O'Neill. Give me Tyler O'Neill. Field. My fingers hurt. Oh, well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pull landscaping duty. Tyler O'Neill. Landscaping duty. So we're missing a shortstop right. out of this crew. We got a right fielder. We got Jordan Walker, and and we need. Mm, yeah. Second baseman, too. Right. So now we're talking probably. I'm gonna Walker, s- Win, Edmund, yeah. that combination. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. With Tommy being a switch hitter, do you bat him eighth or ninth? See, I like him down in the lineup. I do too. So I'm going to go Jordan Walker. I like Jordan Walker from the next. Mm. We missed on the Jordan Walker. All right. Maybe because of the success he's had the last couple of games with walk-off hits, Tommy Edmond. Because to me, it's win batting right, ninth. Right. So I'm not going to move him. Um, I'm putting him there. So I'll go. It's got to be Tommy Edmond. It's got to right. be. Tommy likey. Tommy <laughs> want wingy. You could have put a lot of different Tommy <laughs> boys in there, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you. Nude Bar, Goldie, Gorman, Arenado, Contreras, O'Neal, Edmond. Now it's got to be uh, Jordan Walker. Yeah. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. Okay. All right. And now Mason batting win. ninth, Mason Wynn. Our boy. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. That wasn't awful, Danny. No. We only missed uh, – I, I think I talked you into some of these, actually. I shouldn't have, but I talked you into a couple of them that I shouldn't have. Ah, I think you would have gone a different direction. Whatever. I overthink it. We're good. I overthought it. I don't think much. Just the way it is. Small brain over here. If yours is small, yeah. mine's not much. I mean, we got a couple of idiots leading this show. Problem. Yeah, I'm we telling got a, you. We got a problem. All right, run them back. Here we go. Lars Newport back in the lineup. He is your catalyst and center fielder for the evening, followed by Paul Goldschmidt at first base, not getting off of his feet in the series opener. Nolan Gorman is your designated hitter and a three-hole hitter, followed by Nolan Arenado, the third baseman. Cleanup man Wilson Contreras is catching this evening, batting fifth, followed by Tyler O'Neill in left field. And then Tommy Edmond is your seventh-place hitter, your second baseman at the Keystone. Jordan Walker in right field, as well as Mason. And win at shortstop. We're going streaking! 
want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. And I know you have a little bit of familiarity with this little game that we play. Jay, if I'm not mistaken, it's your very first occasion of getting into Beat the Streak, right? Right on. How about that? Caller, no listener, actually. Nick will join us after the Labor Day holiday, so it's just going to be a quick, condensed set of the three of us here. Jay, we're going to let you be the leadoff man here, all right? So one particular Cardinal, or if you want to get a little fancy, you want to get a little tricky, you can even go with a member of the opposing organization from Pittsburgh. Just one guy to record not a base knock. I'm not going with any pirate. I'm going with Lars. He's coming off the uh, DL and uh, feeling better, and he's going to open up and get on base. We're going to score first and win tonight. I like that uh, pick because he's 5 for 10, by the way, against Keller. Last time he saw the Pirates, it was against Keller, and he hit a home run. So that's that's a good pick. Uh, my turn? Your turn. Your turn, sir. I'll go Goldie. Um, the one thing that he loves is – the fastball and I, I keep going back to Mitch Keller it's like 71 percent that he's throwing the fastballs you know Spencer Strider's throwing it about that much there's a couple other guys I was looking at that are throwing a fastball that much so you're going to see a lot of that that means Goldie's going to jump on a fastball and have some success the regulars call that chalk if I'm not mistaken I like chalk? it though a chalk pick oh I don't okay know. it's not a gimme it's never a layup not against an all-star hurler no okay not whatsoever uh, all right I will go, gentlemen, with Jordan Walker. And obviously this rookie, the 21-year-old, doesn't have a great body of work against Mitch Keller. But you look at what he was able to do as far as taking the ball with authority to all fields in that San Diego series, coming on strong to begin the month of September. He is a line drive hitter at heart. I thought about taking him later on in the show to go yard, but he will most definitely reach base by any means courtesy of a hit. I've had somebody say to me the other day, they came up to me and they said, you know, Jordan Walker's been a disappointment. I said, really? Wow. I said, what What makes you? He said, I, I expected, you know, 20, 25, driving in 85 to 95. I said, I get that. I, I said, I understand that the expectations around him being the number one prospect in baseball, that they're, they're skyrocketed. I mean, you, in a lot of ways, these guys cannot live up to what, you know. Too much hype. It's just yeah. too much hype. I wanted, though, to go back and look at how much he has played this year. And and this is where I think you have to keep in mind his age. Rookies ages 21 or younger to play at least 90 games in a season for the Cardinals. Think about this list. Walker is at 90 games. Albert Pujols, the last to do it in 2001. Kurt Flood in 1958. Stan the Man in 42 and Joe Medwick in 33. Wow. That's the list that he's on. Danny, let me ask you this because you know so this my, game. Well, my point is that let's let it breathe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's some tap time. the brakes and chill right. out a little bit. Here's another thing I want to ask you, Danny. This is a kid that never played the outfield much at all. That is a big deal when you're 21 years old, you're up in the bigs, and you're playing. He doesn't know one park. He doesn't know one ballpark. He's got zero familiarity. He's and Let's he may be not say he that struggled. Hey, he struggled out there. And they may he may not say this and they may not say this, but there is no doubt in my mind that some of those struggles from the plate have gone to the field and the field to the, to the plate. plate. It's, it's, he, they're human beings. They're not machines and computers and it and matters. Uh, no doubt. I mean, it's human nature that and he and not dumb. He knows all the expectations that are around him. He hears it everywhere he goes. People are, are watching closely with everything that he does. 
So it, it, you know, it's been a good year, I would say. Not a great year, a good year. And with the ups and downs, and that's part of the good year, I, I think some of the things that you struggle with are good because you learn from them. But, man, he's so young and the expectation's so high, you just pump the brakes a little bit. Danny, here's one thing. I'd love to get your opinion on this. They sent him down to work on this launch angle. Could you not have just said, let's try to hit the ball in the air a, few, a little bit more? I'm sure they did. And just stay up here, but, but stay up. Because that, had to, mess. that had to mess with him, too. That's the one thing I didn't like is that at a young age that you do that and that sometimes that, that can have an effect on a young player. Um, it, the other part is the numbers bear it out in this day and age of if you get like 400 at-bats and the number of uh, ground, like if you put it on the ground, your average. I mean, it's yep. eye-popping. Startling. It's startling. It yeah. is. It's eye-popping, the difference. And this is just... Whether you like it or not, that's how the game is played. You got to get the ball in the air. You got to drive it to the gaps, and you got to hit home runs. Um, that's just the way it goes, man. Yeah, right or wrong. Yep. Uh, we went a little long with the lineup segment, didn't we? I'm sorry. <laughs> get us back on clock, will you? You're building that doing. suspense. Hey, the people are weighing in. They want the gauntlet, but they will wait with bated breath. Okay, let's do that. Let's take a break, and we'll be back on the fast lane in a moment. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. A lot of people texting in whether or not we would have the uh, gauntlet, and the answer is yes with that music. So um, it's been kind of a unique afternoon here on 101 ESPN. I was scheduled to fill in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Jay Delsing is in the house because Anthony Stalter on the way to the show had a little fender bender. He is fine. No one hurt, but he's taking care of that. So Jay and I were playing a little golf, not well, Jay well, not me, earlier today. And we've been talking about doing this anyway. So I said, do you want to come in? He said, absolutely. Bradford is filling in for Marshy. And so what we're going to do, we do have a uh, contestant, right, John? Yes, we do. Okay, John is on the line. He's going to be one of our gauntlet contestants. And he's going to take on Jay, who has left the studio. Jay is going to be uh, our expert, if you will, because he's our guest. And I guess we should, uh, what now, roll the uh, dice here? What what the hell do we do? Oh, we're saying hello to John on this unconventional, dare I say, historic occasion. Oh, yeah. How you doing, John? Doing all right. How about you guys? Doing well. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for playing. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. Spin the wheel. Let's see what we got. When that wheel is still spinning, it's turning and turning. Where will it land today? Ooh, here we are. Last time I was in, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we had this category. Refer to it as America's pastime. Still want to refer to it as such. John, you've got baseball today. All right. Let's do it. All right. Grab the questions and away we go. Bradford is organizing as we speak. And you can hear him rattling the questions. We haven't seen these yet, John. We don't cheat here on the gauntlet. <laughs> but good luck to you. Thank All right. You, sir. Bradford, should I do one or two? Lead us off, Dan. All right. Which Cardinals pitcher finished the 2012 season 
with a 16 and 3 record and 842 win-loss percentage, setting the Cardinals record for best win percentage for a pitcher in a single season. He was 16 and 3, 842 win-loss percentage, and the Cardinals record for best winning percentage for a pitcher in a single season. Oh wow. Um here. That's the year after Wainwright had Tommy John. Uh Carpenter, I believe, went down early on. Um let me go ahead and get the options. The options are Lance Lynn, Chris Carpenter, Kyle Loesch. You know what? I'm gonna go with Kyle Loesch. Final answer? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Question two, please. Quite the winning percentage there. The Cardinals retired what number, John, all the way back in 1975 for the one, the only, Bob Gibson? That'd be number 45. Final answer? Yes, sir. Question three. Who is the only uh, Cardinal in team history to throw multiple no-hitters with the team? Bob Forsh. Hmm. Zero hesitation. John feeling himself on this Friday. I like it. Number four. Here we are in 2019. Tell me which Cardinal hit a home run in his first major league at bat. I am completely blanking on this one. Uh, Let me go ahead and get the options. Very well. Choice A, Edmundo Sosa. B, Paul DeYoung. Now the Giants. And C, Lane Thomas. Can you restate the question? Absolutely. One more time. Which Cardinal in the year 2019 hit a dinger, a home run, in his first MLB at-bat? Was it Edmundo Sosa, Paul DeYoung, or Lane Thomas? I'm going to go Lane Thomas. Final answer? John, final answer? Hold on. Flip-flopping here. Uh, Yeah, final answer, Lane Thomas. All right, let's bring in uh, Jay. Nice work there, John. Very nice work. I think Jay is ready to go. Bring up that uh, sound there so we don't sound as... Bring it up just to make it a big entrance here for Jay. The the orchestral noise. Whatever you call it, I'm in. (laughs) Jay, put on the headsets, and uh, John, you're saying hello to one of the great golfers ever to come out of St. Louis, Jay Delsing. Hello, Jay. Hey, what's going on, John, and congratulations on the big win. Well, he hasn't won yet. (laughs) Oh, he will. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I've listened to you for years, Jay. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate it. All right, question one. Which Cardinals pitcher finished the 2012 season with a 16-3 record an 842 win-loss percentage, setting the Cardinals' record for best winning percentage for a pitcher in a single season. 2012. 16 and three with an 842 win-loss percentage. I got somebody in mind. Um, you also, by the way, you can get options on this if you don't just okay. guess right away. I'll take an, I'll take the options, please. Lance Lynn, Chris Carpenter, Kyle Loesch. Kyle Loesch, final answer. Kyle Loesch, the final answer. Kyle Loesch it is. Number two, Jay, the Cardinals retired a what number in 1975 for Gibby, Bob Gibson? 45. Final answer. 
Question three. Who is the only Cardinal in team history to throw multiple no-hitters with the team? Bob Forsh. Hmm. We have a downright barn burner here. We sure do. Final one. I'm getting or, nervous. Or so we think. Can we get a golf question, John? <laughs> it's baseball, baby. I know. I love baseball. I like baseball way more than golf anyway. Let's go. Moment of truth. Okay. Moment of truth, Jay. All right. In 2019, which Cardinal hit a home run in his first major league at bat? Oh, damn. 2019. What, what year are we? 2023. Two, 2023, Jay. <laughs> Thank you. It's a Friday. Oh, man. I should know this, too. So that would mean he'd be a, this would be about his fourth year. Um, you get options, too, I remember. Know, but I don't want to take the options. Am I slowing it down too much? I no, don't you take all the time all. you want. Um, it means we're closer to six. <laughs> it's stopping this train wreck. <laughs> Oh, I got give me the options. I got a player in mind, but I probably screwed that up. Here we are. Edmundo Sosa. Paul DeYoung. Lane Thomas. Paul DeYoung. Final answer. What a match. Mm-hmm. What a game. It sure was. Oof. Almost struggling to keep score here, Dan. I did if you need help. <laughs> Should, should we start answering some questions Let's here? Let's do so, because last time around it didn't go so well in that Understood. department. It's going to come down to number four, it sounds like. Oh, balls. Which Cardinals pitcher finished the 2012 season with a 16-3 and record and an 842 win-loss percentage? The Cardinals record for best winning percentage for a pitcher in a single season. You both had options. John went with C. Jay went with C. Both were correct. Kyle Loesch. Right on, John. We got one right. Yes, sir. Number two, the Cardinals retired what number in 1975 for the great Bob Gibson? Zero hesitation from either of you. That would be number 45 and no options needed. Both got it right. All right. Question three. Who is the only Cardinal in team history to throw multiple no-hitters with the team? Both took about two seconds. Both guessed without the options. Both guessed Bob Forsh. Correct. Right on. <laughs> and last but not least. Now this, it comes down to this. This uh, one is I don't feel good about this at all. Not great. All of the proverbial marbles, number four in 2019, not that long ago, the Cardinal to strike a home run in his first major league at bat. Options were required for both contestants. So our options were Edmundo Sosa, Paul DeYoung, and Lane Thomas. After a little bit of fluctuation, or let's just say deliberation, John, you went with none other than Lane Thomas. Jay, you too decided to go with the options. You didn't go with Lane Thomas, but rather the more familiar name or longstanding name, I guess, in this area of none other than Mr. DeYoung, correct? Correct. So, without any further ado, the suspense has mounted, and we do indeed have a winner. You have chosen wisely. I lost. <laughs> John, congratulations. What a gauntlet on this Way to afternoon. go, John. Way to go. Thank you, sir. I think I would have gotten question four wrong as well. I would have guessed Paul DeYoung. 
And then if I was thinking you guys were trying to trick us, I would have gone Mark Worrell. Do you remember the reliever, Mark Worrell? <laughs> yep. He hit a home run, um, and I was thinking it, it was before DeYoung, but I was like, no, nah, they, these are kind of easy. You got Forrest with the two no-hitters. You got Gibby, 45. I didn't know Kyle Loesch. But I was thinking, oh, they're going to try to trick me with this and go Mark Worrell. But, you you know, Paul DeYoung did homer in his first at bat. It was in 2017, and Thomas was because 2019. If I, if I think about that, because DeYoung is more than a four-year player. Right. So, yeah, that's what I was – I yeah. So I DeYoung did it in his first at bat. They, they called him up from Memphis. It was a day game, a blowout um, in Colorado, and hit a home run against – the closer that eventually he had great years in Kansas City and an awful year in St. Louis. Oh, who was that? Um, signed him right before the beginning of the oh, year. Oh, I know. Um, the right-hander. Yeah, he was uh, part of that great yep. bullpen that they yep. had in Kansas City. Anyway, whatever. So, it did not go your way, Jay. Hey, John, just think if you'd have taken on Danny Mack, it would have, I think it would have gone the other way. No, Max. you would have won. Me. I would have gone Mark Morrell. I would have lost. <laughs> he wasn't one of the guys. Well, John, have a great holiday weekend, and thanks for playing. Thanks we appreciate playing, it, John. Thank you very much. You got it, thanks, John. Guys. The winner of the gauntlet today. Nice showing, though, Jay. Very well done. Yeah, I got a couple right. You got three right. right. Yeah. You got three right. right. And I understand where you were going. Greg Holland, by the way, thank you for Greg the help Holland, on the yeah. uh, text line, the 217. God, he didn't. He couldn't play dead for us, could he? Well, they signed him late. Yeah. And he was most, a holdout, wasn't he? Yeah, most in the organization wanted him to go and have – an extended spring of like seven to ten days. Just go ahead and get some games. And we we opened up in New York that year, and he was awful. Yeah, he just never could catch up, and it was just a terrible year. Did, never had command. He have a deadly changeup. Yes, he and, threw that changeup, and guys took it at BP. They and were it just, crushing it. He never had command. Yeah, and that's uh, that was the problem with that. Anyway, we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast lane on 101 ESPN time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 4:30 here in St. Louis, and if you're listening and and maybe just tuned in, you're like, wait a minute, that's not Anthony. No, I'm Danny Mac, Dan McLaughlin, filling in for Jamie Rivers. And you're saying, okay, where's Anthony? Anthony had a fender bender on the way into work. Everything is okay. He's cool. Nobody hurt. Everything's good. So Jay Delsing. Um, and this is a plug, by the way. The best golf show in St. Louis is 8 to 10 every Sunday morning right here on 101 ESPN with Jay Delsing. And this weekend it will feature uh, Jerry Haas and also Steve Spratt from the Ascension Charity Classic. Bradford is filling in for Marshy. He's got the weekend off, so uh, or the week, the, the Friday off for the uh, long extended weekend. So away we go. It is the fast lane. And uh, Jay... I wanted to get into this because I think it's important that we do touch upon it, and that is what you do for a living, which is you're a professional golfer. You've been doing it for so many years, nearly 30 years on the PGA Tour. You grew up in North County. You're a St. Louis guy. You grew up at Norwood Hills in the bag room. You were a caddy, and you'll be teeing it up next week for the Ascension Charity Classic, which is just remarkable to have a hometown game for you here in St. Louis. It is, Danny. It freaks me out. It, it, it's uh, it's so cool. To, I, I got my kids coming back. I got my uh, two grandkids coming in. You're going to be around. Pearlie's going to be caddying for me, my longtime buddy from UCLA days, and, and started doing the show with me um, years ago. So it, it's – and then the other thing that's we, – we don't want to overlook at all, Danny. It's so important is that we're raising – millions of dollars for this North County area that really needs it. It's where I grew up. There's a lot of, it's taken a lot of hits, man. It's just taken a lot of hits. And the Ascension Charity Classic, 
does so much for that area. You've also got Darty Business Solutions, which sponsors our golf show. They also are a presenting sponsor, along with Emerson, along with Worldwide Tech. St. Louis man just shows up from a corporate standpoint. Danny, here's one thing that's cool that we talked about the other day. We're going to have more spectators on Sunday at the Ascension Charity Classic than we're at the U.S. Open this year at L.A. Country Club. And people hear that and they say, how in the hell does that happen? I know, it's crazy. So, guys, what happened is the USGA limited the the ticket sales, and of the limited number, I think they they kept the number down to 25,000, the Los Angeles Country Club members and their extreme wealth purchased a lot of those tickets because they didn't want... This uh, a bunch of uh, uh, crazy crowds out there, which I think sucks for the average golf fan. For sure, yeah, I that think totally you bring, sucks. Well, you think about like when you watch the Phoenix Open and you see that par three, which by the way you've had a hole in one on, and people were dumping beer and everything else on you and going just crazy. Like growing up, man, yeah, it was it's like so a frat much, house. It was so much fun, except um, the beer out there was cold. The beer we used to be in was really warm so when we were kids. You're getting doused by everything, and people are going nuts. That's that's Happy Gilmore, right? Yeah. I mean, that's bringing in yeah. your your somewhat average fan that's watching on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, and all of a sudden they they see that and they're like, man, that's pretty cool. But Danny, why do so many people like John Daly? I mean, it's just more of the way guys are guys, you know? It's like, yeah, the guy's got a dart and he's going to have a couple of, you know, we've got a couple of cold ones and some man sodas, as our buddy Chris Duncan used to say. And it's just more of who we are. So, you know, the quiet is always, I'll be honest, the quiet has always bugged me at golf. It's like, just let the fans go. and Just and let them go. The Ascension allows that, too. I mean, you're up yeah. close. For, for folks that haven't been to a PGA Tour Champions event, yeah. um, when you show up, it's, it's not like you're trying to go see Tiger Woods at Belle Reve a few years ago where it's 25 people deep. I mean, you're on the ropes, man. You're right there next to Longer and Daly and Jay Delsing and, and the others that are coming through. These are the biggest names in golf, so yeah, it's really cool. And the one thing that Norwood has uh, over Belle Reve, Danny, is the room. You know, Belle Reve is just on a bigger property. It's 36 holes. There's almost four just about over 400 acres over at Norwood that Bell Reef doesn't have. Now, we're not going to have those kind of numbers like they had at the PGA Championship in 18. But to your point, you're going to get you're going to get an opportunity where you'll be standing right next to Bernard Langer, man. And this is a guy that's won the all-time you know, number of champions events that he broke Hale Irwin's record this year or Ernie Els, the big easy he's a great guy. And, and the guys are pretty chill, Danny. They're pretty chill. And it's um, it just checks all my boxes. I don't know. I don't want to gush too much about it, but it really does. It's a a dream come true for me, and I'll be the most nervous I've ever been in my life was hitting the first shot two years ago, and and I'll be nervous as hell, you know, starting next Friday, and I I can't wait. I I actually love that feeling. I love that adrenaline that runs through your body. It makes you kind of want to puke a little bit, you know, and it's it just means you're alive, and this is important. It means something to you, and let's go. Let's see what happens. And on the championship. Champions Tour, you get to use a cart. So yeah. that's something that should be pointed out. You'll see guys in carts. Not Unfortunately, just I'm going to be one of them for at least half the day because I've I've got a bum hip. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the show, Danny. This is not the big leagues, but it's going to be 
the names you've recognized. Guys, you've got you've got World Golf Hall of Famers out there. We're um, we're going to do a little thing with Colin Montgomery over at the Racket Club on Wednesday uh, for I Promise. Where here's a World Golf Hall of Famer. He's won the Order of Merit on the European Tour eight times, and he's going to be playing. And uh, there's there's a lot of guys you can follow that are that that'll that'll show you some things. It's really interesting. We get a, a text question here: Is Norwood where the 1904 Olympics were played? Now that was it. Uh at Glen Echo, and then, um, but but the Norwood has had though PGA Tour history, yeah, big the 40, history, the, absolutely. The forty-eight PGA Championship was played at Norwood Hills. So, Danny, there's four golf courses in town that have held major. Uh, championships. You've got Bell Reeve, clearly. Then you've got St. Louis Country Club was the 19, I think it was the 47 U.S. Open, where Sam Snead and Lou Worsham were in a playoff. Sam Snead, by the way, never won the U.S. Open, lost in a playoff. They're making a double bogey on the 18th hole at St. Louis Country Club, only to lose in a playoff to Worsham. And then you've had the um, uh, Ryder Cup at Old O'Dub at Old Warson, and then you had a 1948 PGA Championship at Norwood that Ben Hogan won. And so those are the only four courses in town that have ever held a, a, a major championship. But St. Louis uh, also had a St. Louis Classic, Danny, in the early 70s. And we had Lee Trevino on our golf show, and he won the championship, I think, in 71. I think that's right. I think he won in 71 at Norwood Hills. Um, We had a question, too. Why why doesn't St. Louis have a normal tour stop? Um, It's a good question. It's a really good question. And Bell Reeve will have the 26 BMW, and the President's Cup is coming in 2030. So those are two major, major events. How do we stay alive for that long, Danny? You're not in jeopardy nearly as much as I am. You'll be here. You'll be upright and and taking people around, baby. I can't wait. I mean, I hope. So the real reason, guys, is a venue. And um, as, as, as much as we love Bell Reeve, it's a big ask. To, for a, for a club to give up their golf course, give up their facilities, and then for an entire week's time, and it's really two weeks' time when it comes from the front and the back end of all of the construction, the sky boxes, the hospitality. Guys, when you go to Norwood this week, you're not going to believe the build-out. It is. It, it, it looks like a regular PGA Tour event. And then the other thing is you got to have a title sponsor. And on the PGA Tour anymore, if you're following all this crazy live stuff and everything, a title sponsor commitment on the PGA Tour, Danny, can spread upwards of $10 million bucks a year. It's a big, big financial commitment. The course, by the way, at Norwood, in oh, excellent shape. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, is it as good as you've ever seen it? I think so. I mean, you and I were driving uh, the other day, and we stopped it with Mike Null, who's a great guy and a superintendent there for yep. over 25 years. Roger Null, big name in town. That's his his nephew. And I said to him, Mike, I think the course is in the best shape it's ever been in. And he was kind of blushing. And he's like, well, and I'm like, seriously? And I, how pure were the greens? Oh, they they were too fast for me. Yeah, I know I'm that. The same. They yeah. were too fast for me. They, yeah. were, they were rolling, man. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting where Tiger is, what, two and a half years away from turning 50. And yeah. for folks that don't know, to be on the Champions Tour, it's, you had to turn 50 and then you can play there's been so many people that have said if you really really want to get huge massive money into the game on the P- the pga tour champions get tiger in right now he's not necessarily wanted to do that no i i there so there's been a rumor danny we might as well just talk about it because it's been all over the place that the pga tour went to tiger and said look it if you'll play the champions tour we're going to lower the age to 48 and we'll make some concessions to get you out there because it, i mean so the thinking is this his, his, his regular tour days 
are all but over. This last surgery just had his left ankle fused. It's, 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 this traffic accident and car accident basically just destroyed the, the lower half of his body, and he could barely walk. But like you said, he can ride a cart. And Tiger said, "I'll do it if you knock this down to like 48 players in the field." And the tour balked at that, and I'm not sure why Tiger would say that. I'm not even sure that happened. That's- I wonder, too, though, if, if he balked also at the idea that if he's going to do this at the age of 50, he's going to set every record and wants it to be on the same playing field as everybody else. When they turn 50, they played. I turn 50, I play, and I go win 100 events. You're 100 Danny, this is the only thing that drives this guy. The money, the live money, he never considered it. I promise you, he never considered it. I would have. What is it? They <laughs> I think lost we all my would've. number. I text right. my number to Norman a lot. He sure still didn't call me. But, I get it. But, but the bottom line is, Tiger cares about the records. It doesn't hurt when you got a bank account like his anyway already, D. You know, he's got lots of zeros behind his cash back over there. If he had, uh, if I had his cash, I'd throw mine and your cash away. I it, mean, it, it's just stupid. It'd be stupid, too, to think about how much money, though, he would bring into the Tour, tour Champions event. So you may not have the crowds that you had like at Bell Reeve, which no. was record setting and, right. and it was incredible, but you're going to have so much money and so much interest now in that tour because he is the needle for golf. He is a needle. Forget about moving. He, he is hundred percent the needle. And you're right. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to quadruple everything, Danny. First of all, your corporate sales would blow out. Who's not going to want to be part of that. Then your ticket sales. How about security? What are you going to do with security? Sure. I mean, it's going to be it, it'd But you have so many sponsors that come in. That's what's cool about I it. I totally agree. The money I mean, and the purses will grow. It's a, it's another game changer. Danny, we talk about this all the time. What he did for golf, it's the same thing that Wayne Gretzky did for hockey. When Gretzky got sold from Edmonton to L.A., it was right when I was in college out at, in, at UCLA, and all of a sudden, all the Gretzky and his salary and, and the spike, it, it rose everybody's water level in the NHL it, it was amazing and you just don't get players that come along that often like a Tiger or like a, a Wayne Gretzky okay I'm not supposed to be biased in sports I play down the middle I'm very biased on this one I want to see you win I want oh, to see you man. have a great tournament I, I, and your for, game is, is ready to go I, it is I, I we, we got to make some putts we got to d- d- deal with the nerves which is going to be fun but I I appreciate it I'm um, I'm certainly prepared. I know the golf course. We just got to see if I can pull my head out of my butt and see what happens. What kind of crowds are you hearing for next week? Tickets I and whatnot. The ticket sales are great. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear the ticket sales. So, so typically speaking, folks, on, at a regular PGA Tour Champions event, you're going to get five thousand spectators uh, on a Friday, maybe ten thousand on a on a Saturday, maybe the same on a Sunday. We're going to have probably twenty twenty five thousand on Sunday alone. Really? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have a lot of people. The 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 sales, the ticket numbers, from what I hear, are great. We've got this thing called the Marcone Viewing Deck for the military folks. AscensionCharityClassic.com. Any of you military men and women, we and again we so appreciate your service. The police and firefighters, the backstoppers, any of you folks, you get complimentary tickets. We got a we got a custom ice viewing deck. It's all compliments of Marcone. There's got to be refreshments. You're gonna be able to. Check all the action out on 18. 
Go to ascensioncharityclassic.com and sign up. You can bring your families. You're not limited to these tickets. We just ask you to come and enjoy, and, and, and we appreciate your help and service. Jay Delsing filling in for Anthony Stalter. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Bradford filling in for Marshy. I'm filling in for Jamie Rivers. This is the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, and we'll take a look at Mizzou when we come back. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He's a great player. Players make plays. It's not real complicated, you know. So get the ball to your best players, and they make plays. I thought on his touchdown, I mean, all the credit in the world really goes to Connor Tolleson. There's a Mike linebacker bearing down on him, and, and Lou, we've we've repped this and repped it and repped it and constantly um, harped on Connor needing to be really flat, 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 so he can make that block. And we we're always on Luther. You got to trust that he's going to get there for you. And, it showed up. Practice execution equaled game day reality right there. So Mizzou wins their opener last night at Faro Field. And with Jay Delsing, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Bradford Bruns is with us as well. 35-10 to 10 over South Dakota State. Eli Drinkwitz on Luther Burden's game. Luther Burden, by the way, seven catches, 96 yards. They're trying to get him the ball in any way they possibly could. I can't think of a kid, and I know that there's plenty of responses that will come along the text line, but let's say in the last uh, five, ten years, where not only was he as highly recruited as he is and has been, but then so much of the offense was going around him. I mean, it is around him. Brady Cook played well, and to me, he's the clear-cut number one. It was only five passing attempts for Sam Horn. So now it's the focal point is is Luther Burden. And, and I can't think of anybody, Jay, that comes to mind that's been recruited like this and then becomes the focal point immediately like right. this. Jeremy Macklin comes to mind. Yep. And, but but that... He's in the number one no, recruit in no, the country. you're absolutely right. I mean, this guy's a game changer. This guy's going to be playing on Sunday, Danny. And, oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, he, he is... It's, it's just a, a question of... How long? How long does he stay at Mizzou? You know NIL I mean? money it's, can help. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, you could live the college life and make some coin. Why wouldn't you? They're doing that in golf too. Can we go back? To, do we have any? Well, they wouldn't have paid me. I would have had to pay them. But you, That's you would have. You, you were a hell of a shortstop. What are you talking about? It didn't matter. I was an awful player. You were a two-time <laughs> you All American. You're crazy. But it is amazing how the NIL money. And yeah. now you think about with Burden. You think about. Uh, what's coming up with Wingo at, at St. Louis University High School. He's a, a top uh, recruit out there. Is at the state of Missouri now with the new law that's passed and trying to keep these kids in state. Guys like Luther Burden, if they stay, and that's the point, can change this thing fairly quickly. Not that it, it needs a complete overhaul, but they need to get – got to get players. It's about the Jimmies and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. 100%, Danny. And, and the more you're able to keep – stay local, the more you're going to have the support of the marginal football fan, right? He's going to be able to relate to that so much more. You let Luther Burden go to Ohio State or wherever the other – cool places he wanted to go, and that's going to piss people off. Doriel Green Beckham, remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. That was another one that I was thinking about that could have been one of those. We couldn't keep him on the field. Couldn't keep him on the field, had off-the-field issues. He had some injuries along the way, too. I guess, though, for me, the biggest thing coming out of last night's game was what the question was going into last night's game, and that was the, the QBs. And 
Eli Drinkowitz talked about where that competition stands right now. I've kind of told everybody that I've got no preconceived ideas going into it and that I'm going to let the play speak for itself. So I'm going to go back and evaluate the tape. Obviously, the blink assessment would be that, you know, Brady played a more consistent first half. You know, Sam's interception, the ball bounces off the receiver's chest and bounces up in the air. Maybe it was behind him. Maybe it could have been a better throw. But can't tip the ball up there in that situation. That makes it a little bit worse. But, uh You know, we'll go back and evaluate the tape. I'm not going to make a a rush judgment there on that decision. But I did think Brady was very efficient. And and, uh, Sam had his moments, too. I mean, that was a nice touchdown drive at the end of the game right there and converted a big third and long uh, with that little screen pass to Luther. Good call right there by Kirby. Bottom line is, though, look who played the most. Look who put up the points. And that, to me, is all. He didn't have to say it. He showed it by who he played last night. What, what what are you gonna look, what are you gonna see in the tape that you don't already know, Danny? Pretty much, and uh, I mean, well, the, <laughs> Cook is coming off an injury a little yeah. bit, so I I do want to see more execution on his deep ball. He needs to be a little bit more precise with that. But it, it comes down to who's getting the snaps. You were there last night, yeah, and I think it's honestly a legitimate question Dan and Jay as to whether in his arsenal in Cook's arsenal you will actually see that deep ball with any sort of regularity even last year granted he suffered that torn labrum against Kansas State extremely early in the schedule but this offense at least with Brady Cook at the helm it's predicated on timing it's predicated on being able to really do a lot in the short game and get somebody like Luther Burden in space if you can isolate him last night try to utilize him on a couple of jet sweeps and then on some nice seam routes as well. So it was good to see Burden getting down the field, but I just don't think with any degree of regularity, whether you're talking about Eli Drinkwitz calling the plays or relinquishing those duties this year to Kirby Moore, that's not something that Mizzou is going to be able to do week in and week out in the SEC. So many many fans are enthused with the idea. We haven't seen it in game action, but the idea of this former top 100 player in high school in the nation in Sam Horn being able to unlock unleash the game vertically but we haven't seen that and right now if the better game manager for lack of a better term is Brady Cook he commands your offense and he is able to also kind of facilitate that balance in the ground game that's an underrated aspect that we saw last night not only Corey Schrader but Nathaniel Pete last year down the stretch guys they were very very stout on the ground and if there was one area for this team over the summer early in fall camp that Drinkwitz pointed to and said we must get better as a group as a program it was the offensive line and I understand last night the opponent yes the Coyotes from South Dakota State but you have to start somewhere and you do so by winning the line of scrimmage in the running game that was important you also though look at the first half to me is when that's the portion of the game that's competitive and who's playing no it's, question. It's Cook. No question. And, and I mean, Danny, what is in the NFL, regardless of any football that you want, watch, what supports, other than the offensive line, as Bradford said, but what supports a, a great passing game? If you can run the ball just a little bit and keep those linebackers honest, you gotta, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna open up some lanes for your quarterback. I just don't know how much you can look into a game. when you If you're trying to be competitive and – beyond competitive in the sec 
what you really take away from last night. The only thing I look at is that when the game mattered the most, when it was more competitive, which was the first half of play, and I think halftime, what, 28-3, to does that sound right? Yeah, Cook got them out to that 25-point lead. The guy that's taking the snaps is Cook. Absolutely. So to me, there is no QB battle at this point. And and I think Drink can say, Coach Drink can say what he wants, but I think he's got a a much better idea in the back of his head than he's letting anything on. I mean, there's no way. A little double talk going there. Absolutely keep everybody interested. I don't care what you write. You can write whatever. What what did he say, Bradford? I don't care. You can write whatever you want. It makes no difference. It's because we're watching. And he (laughs) Exactly. We know know what we're watching, man. He even admitted shortly after 11 p.m. in Mid-Missouri that Cook indeed had the leg up. So it is a bit of, I don't want to say a charade here, but it is a form of presentation. And if there has been one thing at which Eli Drinkwitz has been pretty adept in his first three seasons on the job in Columbia, he certainly is able to engage the fans, engage the media members in that sort of conversation. But now when push comes to shove, the results on the field, yes, Cook is getting the regular reps and the series at this moment. And as long as you're seeing, I think, more and more momentum being garnered, being generated by this offense, Dan, Next week, you're not going to learn a lot once again against Middle Tennessee State. No. But you're going to learn a heck of a lot come the following Saturday versus K-State. K-State, which was a disaster last year for Mizzou. Absolutely. Jay Delsing, Dan McLaughlin, Bradford was at the game last night. This is the Fast Lane. Again, you may be just tuning in and wondering what's going on here. I'm filling in for Jamie. Jay is filling in for Anthony Stalter at a fender bender on the way here. He's fine. No physical issues. Um, he is on uh, potentially on the I.L. We're not sure. We don't think we're going to put him on the 10-day I.L. We think he's going to be just fine through the weekend. I'm being yeah. facetious here. He's like fine. Um, and so we've got more coming up. An hour to go on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lions Choice Sandwich Coupon. It is time for what's trending now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Just past the top of the five o'clock hour, filling in for the indelible Andrew Marsh. I am Bradford Bruns. We have Dan McLaughlin as well as Jay Delsing in indelible. place today. Yes, there you go. Some big I, words, I need to man. Check, Danny. What does that mean? The indelible. The English professors—they always warned me about those ten-dollar words. Well, look at me now. Here I'm I telling am. you, <laughs> you're all over it. What is trending now? Well, the Cardinals and Pirates will get underway at Bush Stadium in just over two hours. This is the first game of September, obviously. I might do an extended what's, tra- uh, what's trending here. I'm on it. Okay. We are ready for it. I'm going to give you a heads up. I think that people demand as much. Thank you. We'll see who exactly is demanding another quality start from Dakota Hudson this evening. Mm. Now, last time out last weekend, he hit a bit of a bump in the road against the Phillies, surrendered five earned runs in five-plus innings. Prior to that stint, though, guys, very, very effective for a nice three, four-game stretch. Tonight, he is going up against Mitch Keller, who was named as a National League All-Star representative for the Pirates. But as much as we look 
at the head-to-head matchup there on the mound, I would venture to say that some of the other roster developments really making more of the waves downtown this afternoon. You have Lars Newbar being activated off of the IL. He is plugged right back in to the lineup at the very top of the lineup against the right-handed pitcher. And interesting of note, too, Ryan Helsley. How many times have we referenced Ryan Helsley last year's All-Star closer? The bumps in the road as far as his progress during various, various rehab What's stats. trending? What's trending? <laughs> Ryan Helsley. <laughs> He's back in the mix. Your thoughts? All right. Uh, well, I want to go back to Dakota Hudson for a moment. Yeah. There's a few things that I watch with him that you have to, to me... I can understand why he's gone away from it, and and now he's going back to it. But his velocity is down by about two miles per hour from where it was in 2019, where he was really good. It was 91 miles, or excuse me, 93 miles per hour, roughly. He's at like 91 right now. One, his fastball usage. He's starting to use it a little bit more. He can't pick. If he picks with his fastball, he gets into problems. That That is just clear with me in watching him. Utilize a fastball, utilize a sinker. But the other thing that's gotten more play out of him is his slider. And so what I'll be watching tonight is, number one, throwing fastballs for strikes and not picking, but also the slider. It's more effective. He's throwing it. The most he's thrown it in his career, about 33% of the time, Jay. And if you can at least offset some of these hitters with a slider and show it, show it for effect, and also get some swings and misses. There's no reason why he can't can't have success at the major league level. There's not. I, I just I firmly believe that with him. Hundred percent. And adding that slider just helps gives him that extra degree of trying to keep these professional hitters off balance. But Danny, my take on the uh, on Dakota Hudson is. Start the ball in the middle of the plate and let it go, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, have you seen a ball that I mean, moves like his? Not many. Not that. He's got not the natural that, sink in the movement. Not that many. So, I mean, keep it out of the center of the plate. Very seldom do you ever see this this guy throw anything straight. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to, to see. Do you, do you feel like, did he work on that slider, Danny, down in the minor leagues? Or? I think with a drop in velocity, he had to have another pitch that would be something to, to get hitters off balance yeah. and so they know he's going to throw a sinker and he, he's going to throw it a ton because he gets so much movement and he can get ground balls but he had to have another effective pitch and I do probably well I would say this I would imagine I don't know for a fact that they said hey to get people off your 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 sinker and off your fastball you're going to have to show a slider a little bit more and don't pick just don't pick. You've got to be not, effective with it. And it's not that un- uncommon for a guy to be in the league four or five years and have to go and kind of not reinvent himself, but to pick up that, that ancillary pitch, right? I mean, that happens all the time sure. in baseball. Velocity drops. you got to figure out something else to keep hitters off balance. Now, Bradford, to Ryan Helsley, something I've been thinking about is where did the Cardinals need to improve? Okay, I could give you 10 different things right off the top of my head. One of the things, though, that you have to look at is bullpen as a whole. It's got to be much better, but the back end of their games. And the Cardinals' save percentage this year is 52.8%. Where does that rank in baseball, Danny? That's Sixth the worst. Yeah, that's what Sixth I worst, second worst, second from the bottom in the National League. So when you start thinking about when they lost games or how they lost games, think about the beginning of the season. They had games that were tight, 7th, 8th, or ninth, and had leads and then coughed them up. Some costly ones with Gallegos obviously comes to mind. He was used as a closer at times. Even Jordan Hicks had a rough stretch of games there where he struggled. But right now they have the second-worst 
save percentage in the National League and sixth worst in Major League Baseball. So, to your point, where's Ryan Helsley? Ryan Helsley has only made 22 appearances this year. How much from an organ? And I'm just throwing it throughout the question to you guys, listeners, but to the organization is asking it themselves. They have to be. How much can we count on him next year? What does this mean, the final whatever it is, 30, 31 games that they have left this season? When when can we count on him? How 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 much do we have to treat him with kid gloves here down the stretch? What do we want to see from him down the stretch coming off a forearm strain? Where's his velocity? Does that play into their thinking of what they need to do in this offseason to go get themselves an essential, uh, like uh, established uh, closer? Or is this a guy that you say, I can count on going into next season? And those are questions that are, in my mind, legitimate starting tonight when, if and when he comes into a game. And I'm just a fan, right? I love the game, just a fan. But Danny, I, my comfort level with Ryan Helsley, it's not good. I, it's not good. First of all, I, you know, he's been hurt a lot. You you look back at the playoff game last year against the Phillies, and you just wonder, you know, what, Danny, if we win the first game against the Phillies, we win that series. The the, the odds are overwhelming for the team that wins in those oh, sure. the best of best of three, best and you win the three, first you game. Win the first, yeah. it's, you, you know, you're overwhelming. You got to win. We're up two to nothing going into the ninth. That's I mean, always going to be debated as to whether or not you should have taken out Quintana and at what point do you take out Helsley. Right. And that's where the thing that drives modern day baseball, Danny, just drives me crazy because I feel like the the Whitey Herzogs of the, the, the guys that are the Buck Showalters, they have a gut sense and an eye and they use the eye test a lot more than I, I, I feel like that we're doing here at Bush Stadium now. Danny. Going back to just a real quick moment here, Bradford, but the Cardinals say percentage at 52.8% is the worst by a Cardinals team since 1969. And that's when saves were first recorded and being tracked. And uh, the worst save percentage currently sits at 54.2% back in 1972. So when you start thinking about things that you have to address in this offseason, it's not just, it's very easy to say, go get three starters, make sure you hedge your bets with your starting rotation. I agree with that 100%, probably number one on my list. But number two, Think about the back end of your games and think about what you're doing in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. I like the fact that you posed the longer-term question for 2024. And we can also learn, I think, a decent amount in the interim. Think about the degree to which Jojo Romero, Giovanni Gallegos, King even have been taxed yep. in recent months. Right here in September, you're not expecting to see Helsley. He's not going to be tasked with going out there on back-to-back -back nights, seeing if he can actually go three, four times in the span of a week. However, getting a decent frame and an authoritative one, really, at that with the velo is going to be a paramount importance and it preserves the guys the other guys on whom you would like to lean next year maybe in high leverage situations too well that's what you try to find out if i'm the cardinals down the stretch here and that's why i don't go sign giolito and some of the others that you could have gotten and by the way the angels have just up it's uh, it's an unbelievable yard sale danny it's a yard sale and baseball probably needs to take a hard look at at what happened with the angels this year because now you just took the cleveland indians and even though they're they're not having a good year, but in that division, they're in the race where 30 days ago they're giving up prospects to get these guys, and now they just get them on for the final month. Something needs to be looked at that. But um, to the greater point of what I was going to say is that the Cardinals need to figure out what they have with these young players, young pitchers. I'd rather just watch them, and if they fall on their face, they fall on their face. But at least I know 
where I think that they need to improve to get better. And I also know truly what the depth of my rotation of not just one through five, but one through eight may look like going forward. And Danny, it gives you a lot of, uh, um, of indication on what to do this winter in terms, listen, they know they're going to have to go out and get people outside of the organization. There's no question about that. There's no way we cannot. But I mean, you're, you're going to get to send kids to winter ball. You're going to get to send kids to the Arizona League. You're going to and, and give them some purposeful things to work on. And, you know, that's part of the process and the maturation for young players, right? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the other sports, you get, you know, you either get the developmental leagues or you get some of the minor leagues and you got to try to figure this stuff out. But, you know, I think... I think this is a huge year for John Mozeliak. I, I'm, I, I think he's had an unbelievable legacy. He's absolutely spoiled the hell out of us. He, we've got Ballpark Village now with him. We've got the, you know, you go down a lot to of the, winning. You, you go, and uh, Danny, not only a lot of winning, but a lot of positivity on the bottom line for the St. Louis Cardinals and the DeWitt family. He has done a lot of great stuff down there. But boy, I got to tell you what. This can, you know, two two of these in a row on your way out can tarnish your legacy. Well, this is going to be a test. There's yeah. there's no question about it. I mean, it's a test on any way you want to look at it, but in particular with their pitching. What's trending continues. What do you got? College football, a little more pigskin from Perot Field. I'll try to shorten it up for you this time, I promise. I'm just giving you trouble, Bradford. No, no, no. We've, We're all just flying by the seat of our pants here today. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if we've had our fill of Mizzou conversation, perhaps on the quarterback end. So let's focus on the third phase, the classic third phase of the game, gentlemen. No Last one night. gets around a table and loves talking more about the third phase of what needs to happen than Jay and myself. Fire away. There you go. <laughs> Not to be overlooked last night amid some of the uh, struggles in the second half, or at least alongside of some of those struggles, the special teams unit for Mizzou. Now, you have a senior kicker in Harrison Mevis, who really hasn't been the same since last season when he botched one attempt against Auburn. And not only did Harrison Mevis miss a pair of field goal tries last night, guys, but a big punt return by none other than Luther Burden was called back because of a penalty. So Eli Drinkwitz did have some things to say about that aspect of the contest as well. Obviously, you know, inside the 20, that's got to be a lock for a field goal with a, a, a guy who's got as much experience as Harrison. I don't know if it was all Harrison. I think the laces were not out, um, which, you know, is on both holder and snapper too. So we got work there to get corrected. You know, you got a, a true freshman and a new guy holding. So we got to get that cleaned up. In a nutshell, I think we have a Ray Finkel situation. Really? Ace Ventura. I oh, know yeah. I know uh, what you're saying. Is that no. Diddy, you know what's interesting is these little chip shots remind me of short putts in golf. They, cause, you cause get the you, yips a little bit. Yeah, you little, yeah, yeah, you could get a little bit. Man, you get a little uncertain, and weird stuff happens. Well, it better not happen when you're playing Arkansas or you're playing K-State or you're playing other Bandy, teams. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't care who it is Kentucky, in the SEC. Yep. It, it cannot happen. Against South Dakota, it doesn't get talked about as much, except on what's trending because you broke down this game ad nauseum. You were all over it, man. <laughs> you're, you're down to the, this, the third phase of the game. Boots on the ground in Como. That's I how know, we I love, that. I, love that. I love it. I'm with you, though. If they don't figure it out, then it's going to cost you a game. It's pretty simple. You, you can't hit chip shots. You're not going to win. Period. End of story. And that'll drive a coach crazy. I, I did college football for so many years, and they spent – so much time in practice on specifically special teams. And there's a reason why. It's points. 
I mean, it's a limited part of the game over the course of all the plays that are played and all the snaps. But if you don't execute, you lose. There's not a more demoralizing feeling than running a drive all the way down yes. the field, burning time off the clock and then missing a, sh- a chip shot. And I mean, it's it's a you know, those kickers, Danny, they need to have. We talk about this all the time. But you got to have that selective memory, man. That short term bad has got to go and long term good. You got to keep thinking positive thoughts or else that ball's going to go sideways. That's Jay Delsing. He's filling in for Anthony Stalter. I'm filling in Dan McLaughlin for Jamie Rivers, Bradford for Marshy. This is the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. I take it. I take it. It's my turn. So, Jay, you're not taking it? I take it. You do not want me to drive the bus. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 519 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Bradford filling in for Marshy. I'm filling in. Dan McLaughlin filling in for... I, you take Who are a pick. you filling in for? I, I'm, well, I was scheduled to fill in for Jamie, so I, I'm like the stalwart here. I was you already penned. I, you didn't you have are. to put pencil. That was penned. Yeah. That was sharpied in. Put that in sharpie. Exactly. I'm thinking the same thing. And Jay got a call at about one thirty-five and said, we have an emergency because Anthony Stalter was in a fender bender. Everything's fine. He's fine. He'll be back with you next week. Um, but he's got to take care of that, so... Can we get Jay? I said, well, sure. Let me check. Stoltz has got to be pretty nervous that I might, you know, come yeah, in and steal his chair here. I'm Wally sure Pip. he's at a hot. <laughs> Wally <laughs> Pip, bro. Sure. He's really worried about this. I'm telling you. I was a little nervous that we were going to have a real-life version of the Spider-Man meme playing out here in the studio. I think we did, just pointing at one another. Who's taking oh, it? Sure. Who's taking yeah. it for the cameras? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, you get kind of a... That's a good segue right there um, to kind of promote the YouTube Because site. of course you are. Oh, look at you go. Or in the yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Have you done this before, Danny? What do you mean? Radio? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Um, I was all over the place playing golf today. I was terrible. Oh, boy. It was tough. Anyway. So, let's talk about something else because I suck too. What's trending? <laughs> this just in, well, from about an hour and change ago, per Jeff Passan of ESPN, Major League Baseball will maintain its pitch clock rules during Good. the playoffs. Tony Clark and the union may not necessarily agree, but this would seem on the surface, gentlemen, to expedite the rate at which postseason games are also played. Danny, what could the MLBPA possibly push back on that? Why? So the intensity of the games, the uh, the quote-unquote extra concentration, if you will. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that they're, you know, trying to, for instance, like a reliever, okay, and you're coming in. And the reliever is throwing 102 like Ryan Helsley. He's max max effort. So one of the ideas, a consequence of trying to cut down with the pitch clock, was that not only would you speed up games, but you're hoping that it would improve the offense. Meaning that when a guy is throwing 102 and then takes 45 seconds to gather his breath and then gear up to throw another one at 102, that if he has limited time, then he's not throwing 102. He's throwing 99, let's say, or whatever. Yeah. 
So it's part of the competition now of the game. And I don't think that you can take that away. I don't like it. I, I say this with hockey, too. I don't like how it's officiated differently once you get to postseason play. Yeah, I agree. What you have in regular season play. I understand that's how it's done. But I, I don't think, though, from the viewing experience or from trying to make this a better experience at home for those watching on television that you want to have longer games. No. I think the pace of the no. play is much, much better in 2023. I, I just think, for especially for the younger audiences, that for the metrics, we've been kind of losing some of those in baseball. The longer the game, the less chance you're going to keep those folks interested in the round. It's just, they're just too slow. Here's the other part, though, that I don't get, that if Major League Baseball really wants to get younger people involved, don't start the game at 9 o'clock Eastern. What? Makes no and sense. And your team is in postseason play, and Makes you're, you're no asking sense. kids to stay up till midnight to watch a game. No. It ain't going to happen. They got no. school the next day. Uh, no way. So, I, to me, I think you need to start games earlier and put them in primetime at 6 or even at 5. I, I got no problem with that. That's something to look at. They Last, won't, but that's what I would do. Final one from Major League Baseball. Up to the minute scores, gentlemen. The Cubs knock off the Reds in the first game of a twin bill today. It was 6-2. to two, And now Chicago still owns that second wild card slot currently in the National League. Cody Bellinger, a resurgent season. That's putting it mildly. Goes yard again today. Jordan Wicks took, I guess, a break from wreaking all kinds of havoc in those movies to go to 2-0 and on the season with the Cubs now. Another young arm at Chicago's disposal. And here we are on September the 1st, guys, and you have the Phillies in the driver's seat for that number one spot in the wild card positioning. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone out there with the firepower coming back from a season ago. But the Chicago Cubs, not classic sellers at the deadline, retained a couple of key members, maybe gambling a little bit going into the offseason. But this lineup is raking, and now you're receiving the pitching coming from the minor league sources too. Yeah, they've been able to do that. Justin Steele has been really good. He's emerged as a number one. Um, and then the other thing is a resurging Cody Bellinger. To me, that's the number one reason why they're in the position that they're in. If Acuna isn't Acuna this year, Bellinger, in my mind, is in conversation for the MVP. He, he's had Mookie a great Betts year. As well, I agree Mookie with Betts you, Danny. His, by the way, Mookie Betts August was unbelievable, ridiculous. But Danny, what what do the Cubs have to lose? They're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Bellinger if if they're if they got a chance. He's on a one year deal, right? One year deal. Yeah. Um, but at that point in time, I mean, you were kind of hovering around the 500 mark. You're like, well, are we in? Are we out? Yeah, let's hold on to him. We're in. Yeah. And it paid off. And to what Bradford's saying, that's like the age-old question. Are you in or you're out, right? When you get to the trade deadline and you can sit there and say, yeah, we may make a run, but what are we really going to do in postseason play? You know, Bellinger probably could have gotten you a lot. But I think you also, it comes back to this, like you owe it to your fan base if you have a shot to get in. And once you're in, anything can happen. Now, do I think that they would win? No, but... It'd yeah. be pretty cool for as a Cubs fan to say, yeah. my team got in and we're playing playoff baseball. You I, never and know. I don't really care about the Cubs. I'll just throw that right I, I know you don't. I don't care even a little bit, but do you think Strowman comes back? Or do you think he opts out? Uh, I, think he's, I think he's out. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'll get a payday. He's had a solid year. Yeah. 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 And at the time, you know, when the Cubs brought him in, they needed one established guy. He was the guy. He was actually the guy I was hoping the Cardinals were going to get. Yeah. And at the time, with the way that the defense was playing for the Cardinals, he's a ground ball pitcher when he's right. 
Um, I thought he would have been a perfect fit for St. Louis. And speaking of bringing in veterans over the offseason, you talk about Stroman obviously appeared a year ago. Bellinger has been that guy, somebody who has been able to post an OPS of almost 900 and has consistently been in there day in and day out. Dansby Swanson, another one of the big fish, hasn't even really contributed to the level. Now he missed some time, granted, as well, but to the level I think that a lot of fans would have anticipated. They have cobbled it together. They have manufactured. They have figured out ways to be able to consistently score their Wrigley Field and really now own, I think, one of the best underdog success stories, at least relative to preseason expectations in all of baseball. We talked about Acuna earlier, by the way. Yeah. The the Braves have 253 home runs. It's a franchise <laughs> record. They haven't even played yet here in September. And they have five players with 30 home runs already. And, you know, the, the point is, is that we keep talking about small ball and doing this, doing that, doing the other. It, it's a game of power, man. You, you And Acuna's had a – I brought it up because I think he's the MVP – but they've also hit with a pretty good average. As a team, they're hitting 276. I mean, Danny, that leads a league. What about their front office? I mean, don't you have to oh, tip they your captain the job. They, they have done a job. What they did with Murphy and getting getting that catcher. And, and you got to bring it up. Yep. yep. I mean, it, it, it's impressive. Olsen, when they got him, yep, developed yep. players, signed him long-term. Think Harris. about Danny. They lost Freddie Freeman. Yeah. He walked. And they right back. I mean, they they they've done, they've a, done a good they've job. Done a good job. And there's no reason to think that they won't be there for a good stretch of seasons now in a row. I mean, this could be another run like they had when they had the big three of With Glavin, Bobby Maddox, King. and yeah. Smoltz. Yeah. Darno can be used as a rotational piece. What a yep. luxury! Yeah, they're they're loaded, man. That's the Atlanta Braves. They are loaded, and they're the team to beat. I think in all of baseball, undoubtedly. That wraps up what's trending. We're at uh, 527. What time is it, Danny? 527. We okay. go to 6. Okay. Actually, the off time, according to Mike Ryder, is 558 on the dot. Oh. So we can't be long there. Can't be long no. there. You'll mess everything up. This yeah. is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Brett for Bruns, Dan McLaughlin, and Jay Delsing back with you on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Guys, it is time for our biggest question of the day, and that question pertains to the St. Louis Cardinals and exactly what is the most important aspect of this team to monitor as we officially begin September this evening versus the Pirates. Dan, early on, you talked about the excitement factor relating to Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, the youngsters pitching a lot of questions to unveil, a lot of questions to get to going into next season. But what's the number one thing, guys, for which you're watching? Jaybird, fire away. Oh, man, I, I want to see... I, I want to see the energy and the, the the just the the speed and power of of Walker and Wynn playing together. You know, I I think they're really good buddies. They've been down at Memphis for what, Danny? I, I, About a year, year or something. Like, half a year, yeah, there, yeah, something like that. And Mason Wynn's got, even. just got a can. Both both of these guys have cannons. I think that's the easy one for me too is to yeah. look at Wynn and, and Walker to see how they finish. They haven't played this deep into a season which is something to keep an eye on yep. because minor league seasons wrap up a little bit earlier. Uh, for me just to take another side view of this or a different look at it would be 
the starting pitching. That's what I was going to say, you know, too. If, if you haven't gone out and gotten the guys that were there with the waiver claims, then that means you're going with Hudson, who goes tonight. You're going to see more of Zach Thompson. You're going to see uh, Rom. I, I want to see these guys. And the Cardinals are coming off a month of August in which they had a 5.67 ERA, worst in any month after the break since 1933. So, uh, we are setting a lot of firsts, Danny, this year. It's been a tough year. So I, w- I want to see those guys. I want to see what they have because you need to figure out what you have depth-wise going into next year. The other part I would like to see is can they play spoiler? So their strength of schedule, if you want to say, does this game mean anything? Well, yeah, there, there, there are some meaningful games that they'll play in. Maybe not for them as much as for the teams that they're going to be playing, but they've got Atlanta who will have it wrapped up by the time they see them. But Cincinnati, they can play spoiler with them. Baltimore, game and a half up in the East, they play them. Uh, Phillies, currently four and a half up in the wild card race, can make it interesting. you got Milwaukee, three games up in the Central. So I, I want to see how they do against these competitive teams. They've got 22 games left against teams that are 500 or better. So they have a chance to play spoiler here down the stretch. Denny, i got a question for you. I love your opinion on this. Of our pitchers are young pitchers that have an opportunity to break through and get in Zach the... Thompson okay me too I, I I've I, always liked him I was really disappointed when he went to the bullpen and was really effective at the beginning part of the year I thought okay well this kid's got and then we sent him down you know to stretch him out to come be a starter again and I I, I think he's got a great curveball I and a, and a really live arm I think he needs to learn how to pitch a little bit but I, I'm excited I think he can you can where how what do you think the ceiling is for somebody like Zach Thompson? I think you have to give him a full year in a rotation yeah. to see hard to, hard to know what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and the fact that for the better part of this season, he's been building back up to be a starter. Yeah. So it's not a true gauge in my mind of what he could do if he comes out of spring training, spends an offseason building up as a starter, and then to see what he does on opening day and and plays one sixty two. And then at that point make an evaluation and it's a learning experience for him. I love his breaking ball he's got a good fastball 95 to 96 I've always liked him I know the numbers in the minor leagues were awful and yep. they were awful um walks were high strikeouts weren't there swing and miss wasn't there but Jay you, you've played professional sports at a high level for a long time and still do it if they told you by the way we want you to do this but you're gonna have to do that and oh you're gonna get sent down to the minors to go do it I think it's just natural. He's a top pick that there's a letdown there, and your focus maybe isn't where it needs to be. doesn't make it right, but maybe that's one of the issues that he had when he went back down. Danny, we talk about this all the time. These guys are human beings. As much as you want to be a machine, as much as you want to go, no, this is my job, I don't give a damn. It's still your job. Yeah. You still care. There's no excuses. you got to do it. Be, nobody wants to be working on anything in Memphis when they could be doing up here in St. Louis. Checks Sorry. are different. Lifestyle's different. Yeah. Games are different. Means something yep. more than what you're getting and down you, in Memphis. And, and as these these kids, no matter what their age are, they never. Uh, they, yeah, they, they want to be big leaguers. They're not hoping to be triple A players. That's right. They want to be big leaguers. And it, it it was interesting for him because of what the the path that he took this year, like you were saying, beginning with the big league club. Okay, I made the team. I'm I'm coming out. I've I've got a role. Whoa, what's what's going on? Why am I getting sent down to get stretched out? And I think there's a letdown with that. And sometimes with that letdown initially, it can snowball. And I do wonder if that maybe happened with him. It snowballed in a bad way where sometimes it goes the right way for you. 
And I just I wonder if that's what happened with Zach Thompson in that regard. Danny, think about confidence in sports. Have we seen it? And in, in, we see it all the time in golf where you see a top player like Justin Thomas fall off the planet. And Danny, or, or say Ricky Fowler's an even better example. He starts, he gets married. He starts having different life things happen to him. And his game, he falls off into top 500 in the world instead of a perennial top 15 guy. You know, things happen and it affects you. And sometimes you don't ever come back. Yeah. And I, I don't think that would be the case with Zach Thompson. And, and he's shown glimpses and stretches of games this year where you're like, oh, That'll play. This is pretty good. Now it's a matter of just putting it together to be consistent. And that, a lot of times, is the difference between a triple-A guy and a major leaguer is can you put it together consistently? And I'm, that's one of the, the questions was by Bradford, what are you looking forward to? I want to see consistency in his last whatever he gets, four starts, five starts, whatever the case may and be. And, Danny, when you're talking about consistency for, for a guy with that much talent, right, we know he's got his top pick, he's got his live arm, a great curveball. One of the things I worked on all the time on the BGA Tour was trying to get my mechanics right, meaning my proprioception. Where is my body in space? And, you know, Adam Wainwright talks about this all the time. I'm watching film. I'm watching film. And I, I figured out what I wasn't doing right in my windup or in, in some of my setup or something like that. These guys spend hours on that stuff. Is that, in your opinion, a really big piece to the consistency? Yeah, I think getting in routines. Like being in a routine in the major leagues. Okay, you pitch. What's your other four to five days look like leading to your your next time out? I also think having a guy like Wayno in the dugout, leaning on him, leaning on other veterans, if you're Zach Thompson, is important. It's yeah. a, You know, those starters, man, they're kind of attached at the hip going through grips. And what would you do in this spot? Here's how I approach this guy. This is why I do this in between starts. Those things are important. So all of it, I think, matters as you look at a guy like Zach Thompson. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. So we're looking at the first home run hit by a Cardinal tonight. That is correct. Can't go with the opposition for this one. I like it. Jaybird, fire away. I'm going with number. 16, I'm going with Nolan Gorman. I, I think, uh, as you succinctly pointed out, Keller loves to throw the express. And I wanted, I think, uh, well, we know this kid can hit a fastball. So I'm going Nolan Gorman. You know, there's. I, I think he takes heat because he hasn't been in the lineup as much as I'm sure he wanted to be or others maybe expecting to be with a bulky back at times. He'll play tonight. He's in the lineup. He's going to bat, uh, what was it? Third. Third, okay. It'll be his 199th game. 38 home runs. He's driven in 103. Not bad. Wow. I mean, he strikes out a ton. Yep. And he he falls into to times where the high fastball, he's chasing that thing, and it, it gets him. But I think if you would have said game number 200, you got 38 bombs and drove in 103, most people would have taken that. Danny, think about this. When we start talking about the modern-day player, He's the guy. Yes. He he's strikes out. Strike and out high, he's, but he's he's dropping bombs and driving in people. Only Cardinals since 1920 with 30 or more home runs, 100 more RBI since uh, before their 200th birthday since Albert did it. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yep. 
Feast or famine, and more times than not this season, gentlemen, the eating has been quite good. It's been very good for Wilson Contreras in the second half as well, and Contreras is going to be my pick to go yard this evening as the catcher. Only two players for the Cardinals actually have been able to go yard against Keller in their respective careers. That would be Nolan Arenado. Don't love the potential there for the excessive lift. What with the back issues? Also, you have Newbar falling into that category. He's just making his return to the lineup. Not great numbers career for Contreras versus Keller three of 12 he has fanned seven times but he's at due, any point yeah, at any point due, he can run into one of those heaters the expressway <laughs> take it Contreras's numbers by the way are almost identical to what he did a year ago through 113 games right it's incredible it is incredible I think he's yeah. uh one run batted in shy of where he was a year ago same walk same strikeouts in the same games played this time last year that's you know, maybe you're looking for more defensively, and I think that's fair. But offensively, he's been pretty much what you thought he might be. It's for whom you paid, as advertised. Yeah. You just I think he wanted it, though, coming from the catcher's position and not the DH. Uh, all right. My guy is going to be, uh, let's see, I'll go Paul Goldschmidt. I'll go Paul Goldschmidt. So his hard hit rate is not where it was a year ago, but he's going to get a ton of fastballs, and I anticipate him hitting it out of the ballpark. That's my pick, Paul Goldschmidt. What else do we need to do? That's it? Hey, Danny, let me ask you something. Yeah. Have you seen a player like Goldie who can absolutely yank one up into Big Macklin but hit the ball so hard the other way? He He's an anomaly a little bit, isn't he? He is. Hard hit rate, um, and this is – Something that I look at because, you know, hard hit rate, the harder you hit the ball, the more holes you're going to find. He's been really good the last two years. And his ability to adjust and hit the ball the other way with authority is something that, that what makes him a great hitter. He's got plate coverage. So when you say to me that this guy hits the ball the other way hard, I think a guy that doesn't yank, doesn't pull off a lot of pitches and stays on it and has, has got plate coverage. Yeah. And that's what he's got. Right. And it, it, it's just amazing how hard – I don't know. Well, obviously, last year's MVP, the guy's a stud. He is a stud. This is 101 ESPN. It's 543 in St. Louis. We're filling in our, all the guys on the fast lane. <laughs> and uh, enough to go through it again. I'll do it when we come back from break. It's 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. No fade, no fade. Money, 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 money. Fade or follow, that's what they call this. And I'm Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. Jay Delsing filling in for Anthony Stalter. Bradford's uh, filling in for Marshy. So a whole set of guys, new guys that are in today for the Fast Lane. Fellas, this has been fun, by the way. I've had a ball, great, Danny. Great Thanks job. for asking me, and, and Bradford, thank you for keeping this whole thing together. Hey, there are no other individuals with whom I would rather dissect and get into the minutia of Mizzou, South Dakota State. <laughs> <laughs> Book it. So who do we have on Fade or Follow? We have Trevor, returning contestant, and I think he may be tasked with a little baseball here, Dan. Okay, and you decided to go with the over-under in the game tonight. Is that, that is correct? correct? Yeah, you've got the Pirates ace in Mitch Keller taking the hill versus Dakota Hudson and the Redbirds. The over-under number right now, that figure is at 8.5, guys. And I know over the break, we had a little bit of discussion as to, well, how, how deeply do we want to delve into that? It's a good number, but in which direction? are we leaning ultimately uh, i guess we're gonna go under let's on go this under. one 
Okay. Trevor, you got under? Yeah, I'm going to follow, guys. All right. We appreciate that. Follow at your own risk, bro. NL strikeout leaders, Mitch Keller's 179. He's fourth most in the National League. So if he's dealing, then it could be a long night for the Cardinals. The problem for him, this is why I was kind of thinking, do I want to go over on this? But I didn't, um, is that his ERA is near six since the All-Star break. And with Dakota Hudson, I couldn't tell you what you're going to get tonight. No. You might get a guy that's dealing, or you might get a guy that's walking everybody, and all of a sudden you're, you're coming up in those runs uh, in scoring position opportunities for the Pirates. So I can see either way, but we went with the under. I like it. Let's see what happens, man. I don't know. Typically, when I make a play like this, you should go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've laid plenty of bets on the golf course, haven't you? Um, do I have to answer that? Yeah. Yeah, I have then. Okay. If you, so is I the do? PGA yeah. Tour listening right now <laughs> yeah, or what? No, I'm sure they're not. No, I, absolutely. I mean, it, it's fun. You know, some of the things it's, um, well, I'm not going to go into that, but I, I, it's always interesting to see how this thing's going to play out. I've kept you uh, fairly employed this summer with our golf games. <laughs> oh, it's no, always no, a friendly not, wager. That's wager. Not, it's a friendly wager, but that's not true. You went on that streak. For about seven days, where you got straight into my wallet, and I've pissed, and I'm not, I'm still not over it. Well, it helps that I get like 14 to 15 shots well, against you. That? We don't need to talk about that. Sure, we do. No, we don't. You, you today was not a good day for both of us, right. but going into the and ascension. We were partners today, which is I, that's really what, sucky because we so look frustrating. To, yeah. So frustrating because we have been playing and prepping for this day for so long. We played with a couple of buddies of, of ours that. We thought we could get into their pockets a little bit. It we didn't did not, happen. But you were, what, three under par in the front? Three, I mean, three under the trees on the front. And I was, <laughs> I was all over the I place. I was five under the trees on the back, man. I hit it under every tree that was out there today. But you're ready to go, though, for the Ascension. This is the first time that you've been roughly right around par uh, all summer long because you've been playing well under par, this I mean, was the entire summer. Par. This was not under par today. I swear, I said to you about on hole like 14, I'm like, did I have a hand transplant? I can't feel my hands. I'm like, I've got catcher's mitts on my hands today. It was awful. But what's so cool is how much you have prepared for the Ascension Charity Classic, which will be uh, at Norwood Hills next week, beginning um, it really on Tuesday. If you want to go yep. out there on Monday for the yep. pros, they can go out and play and, yep. and tinker around and whatnot. But Tuesday, there's a putting challenge, which goes to charity. There's the pairings party there for the pro-ams. Yep. And then it, it all gets going, really, on Wednesday, Thursday, and then you guys are off and running on Friday. I think you're going to that pairings party, which is awesome. We have RSM for the putting challenge. It just ra- This is all about charity, guys. This just raises a bunch of money for North County. The money, 100% of this money raised stays in the North County area. Danny, we talk about it all the time. But that's the coolest part of the whole thing. Do you know when you will tee off on Friday, when it officially no, kicks I, off? I won't know that till like, Tuesday afternoon the tee times come out, so I don't know that yet. Is there a rhyme or reason as to why certain guys are paired in, in events early on? Yeah, so what they'll do is there's different categories. So if major champions go in a category and the winners go in another category and then you have the, the rest of the field. And, you know, when you have independent contractors, you don't get a steady field all the time. You know, maybe some guys are taken off for various reasons here and there. So you really don't know what you're going to get until the deadline. And so um, I don't know who – I don't. I, I have no idea who I'm going to be play, paired with um, – um, on Friday morning, last last time I played, I got paired with Paven and Steve Pate, you know, my two college uh, teammates, and and got to hit the first shot. Dude, I had tears in my eyes when I'm like, 
dear Lord, please let me hit this ball <laughs> somewhere forward. And the crowd should be pretty good. As yeah. we've talked about, the Ascension yeah. is drawing big numbers. And you're saying that on Sunday, for those who didn't hear it earlier, but the final day, you're expecting probably about 25,000 out at Norwood Hills. Yeah, I think so. We've got that Marcone viewing deck for all of our first responders, our military folks. They get complimentary tickets. AscensionCharityClassic.com. You're going to be out there. We're going to be out there. It's going to be fun. Come by, say hi. If you're going to follow me, grab a tree, stand behind a tree. I haven't played a tournament in two years, man. <laughs> so I am uh, potentially caddying for you yeah, on for uh, sure. Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, Tuesday and Oh, you got to play three for... Pro-Ams. I got three. Yeah. I need, a, I need a nice bottle of red wine and some Bengay. For, for, little wine and cheese for Wednesday, you? I'll Thursday, take care of you, buddy. Thursday night, bro. We're going to jump in the pool, and I'm just going to float for a while or something. I don't know what I'll do. Do you feel, though, physically you're you're ready to go? Yeah, I did. Dr. Rick Lehman and, and Mike Murphy, my chiropractic boy, man from Canada, is just a great guy. They take, take great care of me. And a couple injections here and there, you know, good good to go. So the, uh, the Ascension Charity Classic will feature a St. Louis flavor with this. Obviously, you'll be there. Jay Williamson is yeah, playing in this Jay as Williams well. Jay will be playing, yeah. How about some of the other storylines that fans can look forward to? Well, Ernie Els is a yeah. great storyline. I mean, maybe none bigger than Bernard Langer. I mean, he broke the all-time win record for a Champions Tour this year. Um, the guys that have been playing well, you get guys like Stephen Ames, uh, not a real household name, but it's a Canadian guy. That's a, He's won four or five times. A guy named Stephen Alker, he's a, a, a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. He's he's played really well. So, But what you're going to see out there, guys, whether you, whether you like golf or not, go for the party. We got Club 314. It's fantastic. There's there's all sorts of fun, interactive uh, 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 things to do out there. there. There There's all sorts of fun stuff. You don't like golf? Forget it. You like Bud Light? We got it. Let's go, man. We're going to be fine. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is that what maybe people wouldn't realize is that I was watching the – because I'm a junk, a golf junkie. I just love it, and so every I'm time watching. Every I go to your house, every channel, every channel's on channel's TV. Got the golf channel, it's on. got it on. And I love so it. last week, or maybe two weekends ago, it was up in maybe Calgary, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And there was one uh, build out for it, like one pavilion oh, yeah. area. That's it. And that was it. And you go to Norwood now, and it's all over the place, man. Yeah, it's the build out is huge. Nine, Danny, it's it's unbelievable. We've got it on thirteen, fourteen. 16, 17, and 18. It's like a it's like a regular PGA Tour uh, event, even though it's a PGA Tour champions, because the St. Louis corporate citizens they stepped destroy up again. it. They yeah. do. They come up big time. I mean, Worldwide and Emerson and Darty Business Solutions and all of these other. I promise, Marcone, all of these guys um, have come up and stepped up in big, big ways. Steve Spratt of Ascension will be our guest this Sunday. He is the president of the Ascension Charity Classic this Sunday, 8 to 10, Golf with Jay Delsing. And Jerry Haas, the head coach at Wake Forest, Belleville area native, will be our guest as well. Uh, looking forward to visiting with those two guys. But we were talking to Steve the other day out of Norwood. There's something like 190. It's ridiculous. Sponsors for this? I, I, I my, I, both of our heads just snapped. We went, what? I couldn't believe that. I know. He said, but there's like 190 corporate citizens here in town that are that are supporting this thing with their money and their and their their presence. And it goes to charity, which is something that we talked about earlier. So important, and North County needs it in a big, big way. 
It, Big it, way. It, it really does. And they're doing some great stuff there with the youth. And it's about the youth, you guys. It's about the kids and trying to change some, some unfortunate situations and doing that in, in the best way possible. And, Danny, we've talked about this. How proud. I mean, I, I'm so proud when we hear about the numbers that we raised last year. It was how much? Over a million dollars. No, it was way over a million, was, yeah. Way over a million dollars. I mean, that's you've had your charity golf tournament that's raised over $5 million, which you should be so proud of in this in this town but danny how hard is it you had it's to build that thing up 20 years build, yeah you had to build that thing up and the, the term it takes a village is never more appropriate absolutely hey jaybird great job filling in coming oh, in talking this. sports this was me. awesome man player to be named later that's me i love it well i'm going to tell the espn 101 brass that if we need a fill-in Call yeah, Delsing. Yeah, He's yeah. ready to go. Put a bag over his head, send him in front of the microphone. It's We're perfect. on YouTube. It's okay. You look <laughs> great, man. Hey, all seriousness, looking forward to our show on Sunday, 8 to 10, but also unbelievable job filling in. Thanks thanks for having me. Bradford, nice work, my man. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.